Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 20. Today we're talking Munchie from 1992, directed by Jim Wynorski. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. And I am the shattered remains of the man that was once Connor McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. Who said that? Me, I did, pal. It's me. You want us to draw you a map? Inside the box! Inside the box? Yeah. Right. This is one of those hidden video shows, right? Wrong. Okay, you got me. Where are the cameras? No cameras, no special effects. Just little old me inside this little old box. Get it? How'd you get in there? Long story, pal, but right now, the secret word is open sesame. Who are you? Ah, listen, pal, you couldn't even pronounce my name, but I'll tell you what, you can call me Munchie. Hey, how about pulling out that pin so I can get out of here? You won't hurt me. Hurt you? Hey, pal, I'm your new friend. I help, I dazzle, I make better. I'm friendly to a fault. That's it, that's it. Whoa! Just what I always wanted, a room with a view. So all of the bones have just separated and been <laughs> sent flying all over your room, Connor? All over the house? Remember when you come across a skeleton in Skyrim and use, like, unrelenting shout on it and it just, like, <laughs> just fucking explodes and just, like, you know, sure, physics-enabled sure. props? Like, stab it with the weakest dagger possible and it just explodes into 100 pieces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it goes... Yeah, and, like, you leave the cave and there's still, like, a thigh bone, like, rolling down the fucking hill. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like glitched in between the rocks, just going back and forth. That was me after, like, because I watched this twice in a row because I had time. It just works better if I do that. But, like, the halfway point of, like, round two, I was like, God fucking damn it, what is this movie? Was it really that awful for you? Here's, uh, I'm going to start by formally apologizing to the Hug-A-Bunch, Norm the Gnome. Oh, come on. Lubden, the Olsen twins, Keenan and Kel. <laughs> And any of those movies we watched involving something tiny and or, you know, kid-related. Oh, my goodness. A gnome named Norm? No, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. You kidding me? Norby? Like, I wish Norm came in halfway through this movie and just, like, dismantled this asshole. Well, I'm back on my shit again with my little creature <laughs> kid movies. And this is, this is an important film in my childhood, so I really wanted to do this. <laughs> um... But yeah, so this is our third movie in our barbecue this month, and we're uh, we're rolling right along with it. Um, first, I, w- I just wanted to congratulate uh, Brendan Lemune and Jacob Chavez for winning our first two prize packs for the barbecue month. Yes. Uh, we got two more still cooking, so make sure you get your names in. So here's the deal. Everybody that already uh, submitted is still in the pool to win. So, again, if you share this, if you share anything... Uh, related to barbecue and ha- uh you know hashtag barbecue giveaway and tag us in the post whether it's facebook or instagram or twitter or whatever um you'll be entered again so if you do so if you've right. already entered you can get an, an additional um ticket thrown in the hat and um if you haven't go get on that because we're giving away some cool shit who threw your name in the fire dobby <laughs> <laughs> Who threw your name in Gramps' hat for the barbecue giveaway? Do you know? Do you want to throw your name in the barbecue fire? 
it's not even like actually Richard Harris saying it. You know, again, it's Michael Gammon, uh, Dumbledore. So Richard Harris is just like mother of Godding in the corner. <laughs> oh, it's totally Richard Harris. He's fucking over there. He's he's like, hey, are you gonna throw your name on that head there, you little fucking whatever? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, he coaxes him to do it. But I'm saying like. <laughs> It's Michael Gammon Dumbledore that is still screaming just like the film. Oh yeah, he's who is yeah. so much scarier because he's so so much more like just got so much more energy than than Richard Harris did <laughs> at that point in his life. Oh yeah, it sure does. When he walks, his ankles don't break. He drinks that revitalizing potion. Hara! <laughs> oh yeah, you know he said Nicholas Flamel, you know, get rid of this thing, but really he pocketed it. <laughs> you know the Philosopher's Stone. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I mean Dumbledore is kind of an asshole, so. Well, you know, he was going to pawn it off the GVD, but then they changed actors before he got a chance. <laughs> and uh, we don't really know what happened she, in between that. She shows up to Hogwarts like, Double, who are you? Wait a minute. Where, where's where's Dumbledore? <laughs> where's the Infinity Gem, you son of a bitch? Who the fuck are you? Why are you so young? Your knees work and everything. I lent this to Nicholas Flamel for like two centuries. That's all the time he had with it. It's mine. She, that's what they're they're looking for it, man. They're still looking for it. But don't let Hurt get all those fucking stones for that crown. I'm telling you. No, then we'll really be in trouble. Then then the barbecue's the last of our uh, troubles. So, do we have any Patreon questions that we want to tackle yeah, before yeah. we before we get into the meat and potatoes of this or the flying pizza pies of this? Is that yeah? Oh oh god <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so. One of these I am going to save until we actually get into this a little bit, and it'll make sense at the time. Okay. But starting with a question from Dustin Elkins, and uh, you can ask us any question for the episodes we're putting out, you know, like this one, or our next one, Body Melt. Uh, If you head over to that Patreon, sign up for any tier, you can uh, let us know. Yeah, even the $2 tier. Sign up for that. Yep, become a dumpster dweller, and you can ask us questions, and we'll read them on air. Mm-hmm. So, Dustin asks, Baby Oopsie Daisy versus the Hug-A-Bunch versus this fucking thing, referring to Munchie, <laughs> specifically. <laughs> where is your money at? Ooh. Uh, the Hug-A-Bunch. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning, Connor, the Hug-A-Bunch. They've got, they've, one, they've got numbers, and two, uh, as we've previously established, uh, they're, uh, uh, Meat ravenous, eating, yeah, ravenous meat-eating monsters. So <laughs> they have their own dimension, man. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna piggyback off that. Definitely the hug a bunch for just sheer numbers, and the fact that they're squishy, so you can't actually hurt them. Um, and yeah, they'll devour your ass. <laughs> like Charnetsky could have had a chance against Oopsie Daisy if he was actually competent, but uh, it's it's Charnetsky. Yeah, you know, he's too busy worried about that goddamn honeyed roll. <laughs> Baby, baby, oopsie daisy stabs one of them. They're like, "Do you think we bleed?" <laughs> it's just cotton. Like, Hoggins, have you ever pooped your pants? <laughs> I can shit my pants. Can you shit your pants? Then the fucking Huggins just bum rush oopsie daisy. Well, I could just see them ripping their face off, and it's like a Beetlejuice moment. All this shit's like screaming at them. Like, oh yeah, it could be. I think Munchie's just like, oh, I'm Dom DeLuise. Uh, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, watch me seizure like a broken Chuck E. Cheese animatronic. <laughs> <laughs> Get me the a, hell out of here. That's his super power. That's like, yeah. I've, I've been around for, for millennia, but Lord knows what the fuck I've done for anybody. Oh, man. We're going to get to that because that is, uh, <laughs> that is some MDU ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, it's a little hat trick there. Uh, hug a bunch mm-hmm. to answer your question, Dustin. Yeah, they just grab Munchie by the head and, like, they grab, like, 
one group grabs him by the head, they grab him by the feet, and they just, like, slowly rip his head off, and, you know, sparks fly everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God, it's like the end of Day of the Dead, when they rip, uh, what's-his-face apart? Yeah, yeah, when they rip Rhodes in half, yeah. And he's like, choke on him, hey! <laughs> <laughs> but it's oopsie-daisy. Oh, my God, I, yeah, I'm just, I just hear p- poor Dom DeLuise screaming somewhere in an alternate dimension. <laughs> Right, as his head's ripped off of yeah. his body. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, some party! Or it's like oh, uh, yeah. like Dead Alive when those zombies grab that one dude and just like cleanly pull his face off. Oh yeah. Or like they, they, they rip that fucking, uh, that dude's chest out or rip his, or eat his legs off. That That is, uh, that, or the ribcage removal is like one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Because I'm like, how does one do that with their bare hands? I think my favorite thing from that scene is when uh, Void punches that chick through the mouth. <laughs> Oh yeah! What a great like cut. Yeah, I don't know. It just it, it looks great. They're gonna do that to fucking Munchie. The fucking worm is the bookworm's gonna come through the back of his head out of his mouth. They're gonna punch through the back of the head. They're gonna pull his face off. <laughs> They're gonna just like, but he's still alive, right? So, but then yeah, so, but then just like, but that like the movie, his intestines come to life, but they have the voice of Dom DeLuise. Just cracking jokes. <laughs> he's like Uncle Frank, but like a little like imp cat looking thing with no skin on it oh my god well i mean whatever the fuck you want to call this creature so we go to the next question i've got here from leonardo and uh he starts his question by you know and by the way uh i i posted this uh specifically with a picture of munchie so hence the reactions we're getting because leonardo (laughs) goes jesus fucking christ what is this thing and uh, he says, uh, if you could replace one famous horror movie antagonist with this creature, oh. what would you swap? And uh, I have to, you know, kind of combine this with another question we got from Dustin, if that's okay, Leonardo. I know I know you can't actually answer me, so we're just doing it. Because <laughs> Dustin also asked, specifically in response to our uh, Razorback episode, if you guys were to star in a slasher movie, what other four MDU characters would you cast as the trope five that's in every other slasher movie, a.k.a. like the jock, the nerd, etc.? Sure. Oh, fuck. So let's just assume Munchie is the murderer in this scenario. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, For entertainment's sake, Nightmare on Elm Street. He's <laughs> <laughs> in his dreams. Yeah, just have him replace Freddy, and like suddenly the whole thing becomes far less intimidating. Um... Uh... Says you. <laughs> now you get that fucking tiny creature thing running around with a fucking glove. One, two, munchies coming for you. Three, four, gonna flying on a pizza pie. Yeah, I think I think I'm pigeon I'm pigeonholing it. If I'm like, yeah, put him in the child's play movies and see how that goes. Like he purchases right. talking fucking weird cat thing that's magical, but it also kills you. Like. You could keep the context in Child's Play and just put Munchie in there, and I don't think a whole lot would change. No, well, right. yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking, because, like, when I was a kid, like, I used to love Alf, but I would have these terrible nightmares about Alf, like, hurting me, and that scared the shit out of me, because sure. I had, like, a life-size one, like, um, uh, you know, that I would play with, but my dad would have to, like, take it and, like, put it up in the closet and close the closet and shit and make sure that, you know, I couldn't see it or anything, but it still freaked me out, right? Well, he had you confused for a cat. Yeah, well, there you go. He was just looking for some lunch. I want to put this on the record. I had this dream where I was in the back of my aunt and uncle's, like, I don't even know what the fuck it was. Maybe a Lincoln or some shit. But remember, like, how those old cars had, like, those huge back seats? Yeah. And you can, like, lay on the floor? Um, 
I used to have this dream where like I was on the floor st- stuck and Alf was like sitting on the uh, the back seat and like holding me down with his foot and like laughing at me and I couldn't like get up <laughs> from the floor. Um, and that used to freak me the fuck out when I was a kid. So there that is. I think your alpha doll was possessed, Joe. I think this is what we're finding out here tonight. It could be possible. The original Annabelle. <laughs> Alf is just Annabelle. You got him locked up in the fucking cabinet. Do not touch. Alphanabelle. Alphanabelle. <laughs> Alphabelle. Alphabelle. There you go. Um, full disclosure, I think that uh, as a child and to this day, uh, I am fucking terrified of E.T., the alien itself. I think that Ooh. thing is horrifying to look <laughs> yeah, it at. Is, it I is hate scary. it. Um, I hate when his big, ugly neck stretches, and I really couldn't stand when he was a fucking a gray-ass corpse in the river in that one scene. Man, when he's screaming. Yeah. <laughs> um... Munchie in a horror movie, it would be pretty interesting to see him um, in Hellraiser. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, I just, hold on. <laughs> Getting ripped apart, and he's just like, he's not in pain, he's just like laughing about it, like, whoa, you split me up here. Not even, no, he just appears, he's like one of the Cenobites. <laughs> wait, 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 can you imagine if he's the puppet that Jigsaw would roll out? <laughs> But then he's not actually there. <laughs> but he is, though. He's but he's not actually <laughs> real, though. Hey, you guys saw this guy's stomach open. Wouldn't that be painful? <laughs> hey, we're going to play a game. What he's do you just say? Sucking the tension out of every trap. They're like, this is what you got. Like, I taught Jigsaw everything he knows. I was going to say, you know, you say he's in Hellraiser. He comes out. He's like, hey, yo, you know, we could show you a pain and pleasure that you've never seen before. <laughs> we got such sights to show you. Like a pizza pie that could fly. And you said uh, if he was in child's play, like you were just yeah. thinking about that. Like, okay, let's take it in a different direction. What if it is Munchie, but it's like the tone of Munchie, but Andy still is like killing him at the end for whatever reason. Oh, my and God. Like, Goodbye, friend. He's like, whoa, what are you talking about? He lights him on fire in the fucking fireplace. Lights him up. Yeah. Turns into a fucking rock fire explosion uh, character. <laughs> He's all on like on fire, like a decrepit animatronic, like Connor was saying. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a reason why I'd put him in Hellraiser, because, like, Munchie's real origin is, like, this timeless fucking creature that has, like, destroyed civilizations and, like, inspired some of the greatest artists and, and, and inventors. Yeah. You know, I was, ta- I was talking about who was our turtle on the previous yeah. episode. I, I, it might be Munchie. I, I think we found it, dude. Um, Him opposite Pennywise? Sign me the fuck up for that. Oh, how do we know that this guy isn't Pennywise? Uh, I, he could be both sides of the same coin. That's true. Yeah, he could. Yeah. Mm. Just real quick, like, so all of that considered, like, I could see him being released... I mean, he even comes out of a box in the, in this film, so he can come out of the puzzle box in in Hellraiser. You know, you summon his ass, he comes out. Are we sure this box wasn't in the same fucking antique shop that that woman found the statue for Rumblestiltskin? It could be. Fucking what? What was her name? Loretta? What the fuck was that witch's name? Melinda, maybe? No, that's the good witch of the north. <laughs> but yeah, she's she's eating it out of a a can of uh, tuna or something, right? Yeah, she's eating those Vienna sausages out of a fucking tuna can. She's like, welcome to Magical Undesirables. What do you need? <laughs> what's your pleasure? Yeah, what's your pleasure? Stay, <laughs> that's a whole shelf for all the men configurations. Don't go over there. <laughs> this one in particular has got the munchy one. It's like it's like colored in like an Italian flag. I you you definitely don't want it. It's four ninety nine. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you don't want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she keeps making it more enticing. She's like, <laughs> I got to pay my rent. Shrugs her shoulders. If you buy two, you get one free. <laughs> take this fucking ugly uh, Rumpelstiltskin statue with you. Yeah, take this Take this statue. I don't know where it came from. Someone fished out of the ocean or something. <laughs> I think I think I'm pretty sure Munchie's in LA too. He's in California. <laughs> oh yeah, he's been around. Yeah. He teleports wherever the fuck he wants. For sure, yeah. He's definitely a speedster <laughs> in some capacity. <laughs> oh my god, imagine this guy in a fucking flash costume. Okay. He doesn't need one. No. You know? He's got that leather jacket, dude. There you go. <laughs> the Dom DeLuise special. And an assortment of other outfits. Yeah. Uh I, I I guess I said the child's play would would maybe be a good one, but my I think my actual answer is the shining. You put him in there as Jack Torrance. Oh. Wait, he's Jack Torrance, but he's still married to Shelley Duvall? Well, you know, it's Dom DeLuise, but it's basically all the same dialogue as The Shining, and it's the, it's the Nicholson performance, but done by Dom DeLuise as Munchie. Oh, we get one of those in this, too. Makes sense. <laughs> I think that's what he's referring <laughs> you know, to, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, you know what? I wasn't even trying to you know, connect the dots <laughs> well, there. I was did. legitimately just thinking that wow. would be scary to put him in The Shining, but yeah. I think I'm gonna stay at the hotel. What do you say? But he's munchy. Red rum. I was waiting for Sean to be like, that's the joke. <laughs> that's what I thought. I just had to, I had to fucking call it out. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I guess my, my brain was moving faster than I realized <laughs> when I said that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think Hellraiser's my pick, yeah, sure. Could you imagine him like in Scream, and he's like w- the, he's wearing the ghost face mask, but it, like looks like his face instead? Oh, that's fucking Munchie Loomis. Munchie <laughs> six times, six pizza pies, six times. I shot him six times. <laughs> I shot him six times or whatever. Our impression is very much uh, like Andrew Dice Clay, and not at all like Dom DeLuise. No, I think Dom Dom DeLuise is one of the hardest people to like impersonate. I feel like. Uh, well, it's just lots of I don't know. I feel like the the content is very much the same. Sans all the cussing. It's just lots of like, hey, I'm funny, aren't I? I help. I dazzle. I, yeah, I guess. It's, I mean, it's very Italian, but he's got like this—he's got like this weight to his voice. Yeah, well, he's a—he's a large man. Oh, well, no, I know, but <laughs> I'm just saying it. Like, it's very—it's almost like semi-comforting too. It's—it's it's like a late day Orson Welles is like. Yes. <laughs> and if I had to pick five, okay, so what are the five? We got—we got the hot chick, the or we got the final girl, the nerd, the nerd, the chick who fucks, the jock, and uh, the stoner. Is that what we're doing? Sure. Sure. Okay. I think the nerd's got to be the professor. Which one? That the monster in the closet. Come on. Oh, Paul Walker? Yeah, okay. But he turns into the jock. See, that's the twist. Mm, yeah. You know, you, we could obviously say hurt, but that's a little world-ending. <laughs> but here's the thing. Are you a jock if you're in the same room with Vin Diesel? Uh, no. Right. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm gonna pick Terry Kaiser for my for my nerd. I was gonna say for Jock, yeah, Worthington is a is a fucking shoe in. Oh, I was gonna say too. Yeah, he's he's your flagship right there. That's he is the fucking Jock for sure. Uh, I was gonna say he's the final girl because he can just scream the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, sure. <laughs> fucking Jason kicks the door in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, clearly, GVD is the uh, the, the promiscuous uh, teenager. Yes. Oh yeah. She she's she's trying to get you in that fucking sleeping bag. Hey, want to smoke oh, some yeah. weed? We can go fuck behind. We can go skinny dipping in the lake. What do you say? <laughs> I mean, she got Gramps in the coffin, for God's sakes. She sure did. I don't know. She's kind of enticing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. She you get a couple beers in you. Who knows what's going to happen? She gets you up against that wall, and what do you do? You know, you're just enticed. You give in or you die. I don't know. 
She's a seductress, though, so. She's, like, in bed with a cigarette in her mouth after having sex. The killer kicks the door, and she's like, I regret nothing, you pussy. <laughs> Come here, I'm gonna throw a fuck it on you. Come here. <laughs> Munchie just blows her away with a double barrel. <laughs> Me and old double barrel here. <laughs> I feel like Lomas is involved in this in some capacity, but I don't you know if he fits any of these stereotypes. No, I mean he's like the detective. There's a slasher on the on the scene, so of course he's gonna show up with like you know a, a, like an emptied revolver, just shouting at people. He's in the bushes, man. Get your ass out of here! Right, six six bullet casings. <laughs> Look, I proved I shot him six times here at the show. Look at it. Yeah, they're in a bag, and the fucking and and uh, Lou Gossett Jr. comes out, and he's like, "No, man, I'm telling you, those those are the bullets. Here they are. I collected them myself. <laughs> I've got I've got a box of Loomis's shells. <laughs> <laughs> proved it. He just drops them in every single scene. Now he's gonna fire to one of them. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, who would be the final girl? Um, ooh. I'd pick Athena. Yeah. From Robot Jocks. I mean, I know we just did that, but I think, yeah, I think that works correctly because she's a fucking badass. I think she's probably the most badass chick that we've had on the show. Yeah, yeah. My jo- if I'm going to go down that route, then my jock is Alexander. Elocular, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you touch me. Oh, yeah, that's what sets him off. He tries to get back. He's like the guy that's like punching Jason in New York a hundred times, but it does nothing in the, in the long run. <laughs> Could you imagine if fucking Alexander was punching Jason Voorhees in the face, like, on that rooftop? Or Munchie, for that matter. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Goes a step on Munchie, and he just gets his, his fucking block knocked off. <laughs> what are you going to do? Knock my block off? Yeah. <laughs> Kaboom. Jason's like, I've never been given instructions before, but okay. <laughs> sure. Munchie's fucking fist, like, pops out like a, like that boxing glove, because he's a defunct robot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, My nerd, it would probably be uh, Eddie Deason from... Uh, oh, British. you win. <laughs> How about some pick. buffalo chips or a moose shake? In, in, his, in his fucking... In his, yeah, in his full fast food regalia. Oh, man. That's such a good one. Um... Uh, I think that rounds everybody out because I kind of agree with the other picks. I I, I don't know if I actually picked a a group myself. I think I just kind of piggybacked on everybody else's. Hopefully that counts. (laughs) Well, we got to pick the stoner. I think that's the last one, right? Oh, Devin Sawa. P-Nub, the, the, the whole crew. Yeah. Seth, Seth Green. I definitely want to see him get it, though. Right? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. And Munchie's going to stab him to death. In the case of Idle Hands, the characters I like the most were the ones who were killed first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, right, right. The mom and dad? <laughs> yeah, the, well, oh, yeah, those two and uh, Seth Green and what's-his-face. Um, oh, anyway, sure, I sure. Just, I just suffer with Devin Zala the rest of the film. <laughs> <laughs> so, I... I think that about takes care of it. What do you guys think? Lines up for me. I think so. So I just want to do a quick addendum for the Robot Jocks episode. Um, I I, I misspoke um, when talking about the unofficial sequels and and the movies in the order in which they came out and stuff like that. So I just want to uh, clear that up because the first unofficial sequel that's not even really Robot Jocks 2, but it's considered Robot Jocks 2, was Crash and Burn. And that was on the first... Uh, or, or that was on the the first on the slate of the full moon films after Puppet Master was a success. Ah, oh, because we were talking about Robot Wars with Barbara Crampton a little bit. Hold on, let me get to it. Oh, <laughs> so so Crash and Burn marks the first time that the bands rip themselves off, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Robot Wars comes out in '93. Which is directed by Albert Band. No relation, I'm sure. Well, 
it's again, it's another unofficial sequel, but it has nothing to do with the other movies. Just like Crash and Burn has nothing to do with Robot Jocks, right? But it's considered a sequel because of the the content and like what it deals with, even though the story beats and everything are different, right? Sure. Um, and and again, like Robot Wars is, is the is the second ripoff of their own material. <laughs> Um, and even Danny Kamakona is in that as well. What? He doesn't play Matsumoto in that, though. He plays a completely different character. Well, unless it's a prequel, that'd be pretty impressive, <laughs> considering how fucking dead he was. His brother, Tatsumoto. <laughs> <laughs> there is no connection uh, to those sequels, so they're not even official sequels. They're just two ripoffs of the of Robot Jocks that they made under the same fucking people. Like, they own the Robot Jocks, and they ripped themselves off twice. Weird. Now I've got to see these movies. That being said, it's very apropos of what we're talking about today because there are three films that are supposed to be connected and are supposed to be sequels, but are clearly not any of those things. (laughs) Okay. And before you talk about them, organically today, when I went to go watch this, uh, I type it, one, I heard this is on Tubi, so I go to watch it. I'm going, Munchies pops up. And for a brief moment, I was like, wait, what movie am I supposed to be watching? Why are there two of them? (laughs) Well, I'm going to learn you. Just real quick, I could go into the... Now, all three of these movies are produced by Roger Corman, um, which is no surprise. But I'm not going to go into the history of New World Pictures and all that stuff. If you want to get the full history on that, you can check out our episode, uh, A Very Unlucky Leprechaun, and I go hard in on the history of New World Pictures and New Concord and Concord and New Horizons and how they all kind of tumble into each other. Um, but You can also finally understand this whole Lubden joke with the starfish in case you missed that episode earlier in the year. Oh, yeah, you can get clued in on the starfish joke. It's sucking on my willy! <laughs> So definitely go check that out for for a couple reasons, but I'm not going to rehash. The, I'm not going to rehash the same uh, history lesson about Roger Corman. If you don't know who Roger Corman is, go look him up. Sure. <laughs> but to your point, Sean. Ah, uh, yes, we we do have one last Patreon question that kind of leads into what you're about to talk about, Joe. So I figured it would uh work here. Let's do it. From Nick Lowry, he specifically asks, other than. Being a cash-in on the popularity of similar small creature films, is there any other backstory on this film? Okay. And I can sense my <laughs> my movie senses are tingling, let's say, <laughs> that you're about to go into a deep dive on, on that subject. We are deep diving because you know how I can't just watch one fucking movie that we talk about. I have to watch them all. <laughs> So, I, right, can get the fu- so right. I can get the full scope and I can get the full scoop and give it to you uh, directly. Right, like Terminator. Yeah. When we did Terminator Salvation, you watched all of them up to at least Genesis and some of Dark Fate at the time. Yes, at the time, yeah. Uh, it's just because I like to look at the full picture and really, personally, I can't get a full opinion out if I don't see every, if I don't see the whole body of content, you know what I mean? Which was a little different with Robot Jocks because I just didn't do it because reasons. Anyway. Sure. <laughs> Munchies comes out in 1987. Okay, this is a Roger Corman produced film, and it is a direct ripoff of Gremlins. I read the plot synopsis, and I was like, how did this even leave the door? Like, <laughs> <laughs> because Gremlins was super fucking popular, and 
if you saw a movie trailer for another movie that kind of looked like Gremlins, you probably were going to see it. Sure, but Gremlins comes out in what, 1984 or 5? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that is a little weird then. And this is like three years later, two years later, and it's like, okay... I guess, didn't they re-release Gremlins twice? I have no idea, but it really wouldn't surprise me. Like, it was so successful. I don't, I don't know. It. I didn't do my homework on that, but um, I, I'm pretty sure there was like a re-release of Gremlins at one point, like a theatrical re-release. So they're cashing, so so this movie, Munchies specifically, Munchies 1987 was, was a direct rip-off cash-in of Gremlins. And you know how like we talk about We've talked about Orca and how that was made as a cash-in for Jaws, but wasn't necessarily a rip-off, right? Like, right. It, does yeah, its own, exactly. it does its own thing completely. It's more like you're exploiting the, the sudden popularity of, like, this, like, I guess what would be a newfound genre of, like, when animals attack. Right. Um, sure. And in this case, it's like, hey, Gremlins came out. What a cool idea. Let's just do that. <laughs> See? <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, I wanted I want to bring up Ghoulies because... Ghoulies was made for the same reasons. However, Ghoulies comes out, I believe, 1985, uh, or that could be 84 as well. It, it comes out within a year of Gremlins dropping. I could be getting that mixed up. I think Gremlins is 84 and Ghoulies is 85. Anyway, Charles Band makes Ghoulies uh, under the Empire Pictures banner as an answer to Gremlins to cash in on it. But Ghoulies is not a Gremlins ripoff. It's... right. It's a completely different thing dealing with like black magic and like the ghoulies aren't even the centerpiece of the film really it's it's like a, it's like a whole different kind of story like it's so far from what gremlins is the it's one of those things where like oh well it's small creatures so i guess it's gremlins right yeah puppet master is gremlins clearly <laughs> exactly see see exactly however <laughs> munchies is a straight up fucking rip off of gremlins like we are talking about the Gremlins film. We have sight gags with the Gremlins film, i.e. Um, the, the titular munchies steal a fucking Gremlin car at one point, and the license plate is called Gizmo, or a Gizmo, a Gizmo. Oh, God. Wow. There's like there's like a Gremlins, there's like a Gremlins toy in the background in, in one shot. Huh, that's brazen. So it's almost like the uh, book version of Orca that Smith told us about, not the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> It just takes all these swipes at Jaws. Right, exactly. And instead of being an ancient Chinese creature, it's an ancient Aztec creature. Uh, Well, we're we're going back to the Aztecs, you know. Yeah, we sure are. They keep popping up. They popped up in uh, the middle of uh, America during House 2. Yeah. (laughs) So, So, they're, you know, they're of an ancient society, and... They also multiple, like, they have this one cute one that they get that they call Arnold, and it's voiced by none other than Frank Welker, who also did voices for Gremlins and Troll and all of those films. Right. But, um,. They get the they get this munchie this this munchie and uh, it's cute and cuddly or whatever and then this guy teaches it like you know how to watch TV remember like when Billy did that in Gremlins and like how to like read right. read books like like Billy did that with the comic books remember that so this thing instead of multiplying with water you have to sever their bodies and then they kind of puke out like each 
half of the body turns into another munchie. Okay. So at one point in the film, this guy like make it a little bit more graphic. That'll sell some tickets, dude. They cleave the one of like they cleave this thing in half at one point, and. It's just, like, melding on the camera. You know when the gremlins die and it's all, like, bubbly and shit? Sure, yeah, of course. Picture, picture that, but then they turn into more munchies. Okay. Yeah, like those little uh, blob monsters in The Legend of Zelda? Sure. Kind of, yeah. And then, then they immediately, like, are, like, talking and, like, wearing little sunglasses and hats and causing mischief. Rumpelstiltskin, got it. Sh- straight up. They're driving cars. They're fucking chasing babes. They're shooting guns. They're telling us about how it's their kind of world. Oh, oh yeah, they sure are. Ah, you fucking beat me to it like a <laughs> second. <laughs> and I, one of the weirdest parts of the film... Okay, and just to cap that off, like, it's not great, right? It's not even really fun. It's kind of boring, to tell you the truth. Which is strange to me, um, especially going back and revisiting it. It's just fine. Well, like when it's doing when it's doing the same shit, like the exact same shit as like the movie, like the bigger movie that came out before it. Like that doesn't sound engaging at all. It's, it's I can imagine they're going like all these tricks have been done. They've just been done by another better film. Not only that, well, but right? They, well, maybe this will put it in perspective. They shot the whole film in twelve days, and then shot all of the munchie inserts like after, like a week after. Fuck! Yeah. Wow. So I think it's, does it have Medea beat or does Medea win? I was gonna say I think Medea. It's been a while since I listened to the episode. I think that was seven days or eleven or eleven days, maybe some shit like that. It's very close, but yeah. He Here's the kicker. Harvey Corman is in the fucking film. He plays like the main bad guy and the main good guy's like dad. So he, he plays like a dual role. Like he plays his twin brother as well. So that's kind of interesting, I guess. And Harvey Corman is so funny, but the material he has to work with is fucking trash. And most of that film is just dragged out bits that are just not fucking funny. Like he Harvey Corman plays him uh, uh plays this this guy who's like a uh an archaeologist who's trying to prove that like um aliens are real so he goes to this Aztec temple to find him but he ends up finding the munchie or whatever and he's like aliens ah! his brother who he also plays is like a fucking sleazy food salesman that makes food from nuclear waste that he runs through some kind of purification <laughs> thing and turns it into like beef jerky and like and like wine coolers or some shit. Okay, like you do. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking weird, dude. But that also sounds like uh, hobgoblins, not in plot structure, but like it's it's lots of like drawn out unfunny sketches yeah and then, like a couple minutes later someone wiggles a puppet in front of the screen and someone goes oh no the hobgoblins are back right well well i think i actually like hobgoblins better because there's a little more to it because like the hobgoblins can like control you like like mentally and stuff yeah it's because those fucking those those hobgoblin props like don't have any fucking articulation oh, no. they are no. literally just plushies with like some fucking facial uh, like a applications right so like what do they do they make you see shit okay cool <laughs> and then <laughs> the, mun- the, the munchies do more than that right they like grow they grow long claws and teeth and they fucking get cut in half and they you know scream and jump and shit and do all kinds of shit i have to ask though is there a poodle in the microwave scene uh there is not oh okay so it's not a hundred percent ripoff just like a 95 percent. yes correct but what's even stranger is that there's characters from Gremlins 2 that are in the fucking movie. Robert Picardo's what? in it. Yeah, Robert Picardo's in it. Uh, who's Eddie Quist from The Howling and Meg Mucklebones from Legend and, of course, uh, the dude from Gremlins 2 who gets fucked by the the, the girl gremlin. But, um... Right. 
he's in it as like this guy who runs this ice cream shop. Okay. In this really stupid gag where like they they the munchies go to this ice cream shop and then he's like there and then he's like at the the whole thing revolves around like a fucking golf course or some shit, like a mini golf thing opening up. Oh. Yeah. A, a, a dino putt, if you will? <laughs> a nuclear waste putt, yeah. Okay, well, close enough. Corpse fucker's other job. That, we remember the McGregor golf course was a shithole. Oh, yeah, Before dude. the dinos came along. Yeah. And it's just a lot of that. And, like, I don't know. I, it's just not very entertaining. Like, there's there's some good parts, but then it's just kind of like, eh, whatever. So how do they kill these things at the end, if I must ask? So they are... So the gremlins are susceptible to sunlight, and these things are susceptible to... Moonlight. Well, no, (laughs) electricity. So you literally have to electrocute these things, and then they turn back in... They turn into stone. So what had happened... Okay. ...was there was, like, this journal or whatever that the kid finds of this, like, ancient Aztec, like, king or whatever... And um, he writes about how they found this, like, green substance, right? And they and it makes inanimate objects uh, come to life and, and are basically indestructible. So that's what happens. So, he, so the, the thing is, like, this, they find this, like, toxic waste shit at their, at their temple. They pour it on this fucking statue, and then the munchie uh, is created. That's how that, that happens. So the conclusion at the end of the film is like that he electrocutes all these fucking things and um, they turn into stone again and then he brings one to his uh, dad and he's like, yeah, I couldn't save the munchie, but here's the here's the statue. And then this fucking archaeological collector guy's like, I'll give you twenty five thousand dollars for this. Great. Thanks. And then his and then Harvey Corman comes to the conclusion that like the Aztec temple or the mine, I forget if it's mine or Aztec um, temple was a dumping ground for aliens toxic waste damn predators uh, yeah <laughs> and it was like that's the <laughs> the fuck you gotta see it you gotta see it to believe it right um i think i'm good yeah i think i'm good too so so you have that film right and you're like all right we're gonna make a sequel baby let's do it roger corman says and jim winorski goes let's do it <laughs> right what the fuck and they make this movie and it's like Okay, and on the cover of the VHS, it says the Smash sequel to Munchies. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, the sequel? And now, when I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is the second Munchies movie. And I always thought, like, oh, yeah, well, one of them got away and became big or something, question mark. Sure. But the entirety of, of the, the, the first film isn't even referenced at all in in this movie it's a completely different creature altogether and like completely different story altogether see without without knowing what you just told me i had assumed that this munchie was the gizmo of the previous movie right and then someone locked him in a box and that's why he's in more in the beginning of this movie you would think right i would think because logic well yeah it's also kind of funny too because like there is no box in that first movie but like in the second one he's in a box and guess who's in a box in the first gremlins movie Uh, (laughs) i just fucking thought of that but like um but yeah so we so we so we get to munchie which we're going to talk about but then i just really want to talk about uh munchie strikes back real quick which is the sequel to munchie ah written by frank miller okay (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's like the Dark Knight Strikes Back. <laughs> it might as fucking... Oh, okay. You guys know what we're in for going into this film, but here's what you get with 
Munchie strikes back. Now you think it's just going to be more of the same antics, right? You think he's going to you think he's going to come back or or he's going to find another kid, which he does. But it opens up with Munchie with the kid in this film Gage which we're going to get to and him like blowing up a school. <laughs> what? Yeah. And then he and then he gets like abducted by Kronos, huh? who is like the keeper of time in the afterlife, which is basically heaven. And it's Angus Scrim, and he's in the, and like, it's like, it's like the pearly gates, right? Like, to get into heaven or whatever. And like, Elvis is standing there, Cleopatra, Colonel Sanders, and Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> uh, well, of course, Colonel Sanders, he's got to be in there. He's one of the top dogs. <laughs> right. And it turns Munchie into this thing where it's like, oh, you've been bad, Munchie. You killed all these civilizations when, from having parties. Now, you're going to get banished to some fucking weird uh, constellation or something where it's really boring and you can't have parties. And everybody's like, oh, you know what, Kronos? Let, yeah, Munchie doesn't seem like such a bad guy. Want, uh, let him back on Earth. So They don't just send him to hell. They're no. like, give him a second chance. Yeah, let him see a council. But what are we fucking doing? Why is he in heaven? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, right. Um... I can tell you right now, it sounds suspiciously like certain aspects of the Sun Wukong uh, myth from China, which is about the monkey god. Yeah. And, like, how they're constantly like, Sun Wukong, you stop fucking with everything, okay? He's like, I promise I won't anymore. And then he does. I'm sure that that was not one of the considerations (laughs) for writing this fucking script. I'm telling you. It was probably them saying, hey, how can we get this KFC advertisement to make sense? Yeah, we're trying to sell some chicken. Oh yeah, you know the part with Cleopatra and these other world re- these other world leaders in history. Let's stick them in there. <laughs> we're just trying to sell chicken. Who the fuck is Sun Wukong? <laughs> right. Let's stick racist ass K- uh, Colonel Sanders in there next to the the people that, that he's eating a fucking chicken leg too. Oh my god. What is what is he doing in heaven? Are they acting like Colonel Sanders has never killed anybody with his chicken before? Standing next to Abe Lincoln, I forgot he's there too. <laughs> He's standing there in heaven eating a chicken and no one has a problem with that? I guess not. So Angus Grimm puts him on probation, sends him back to Earth. What? What? Yes. Yes. I I know. I know. (laughs) He's like, okay, Munchie, I'm going to put you on probation and you're going to, I'm going to send you back to Earth and you're going to take care of this kid and do nice stuff for him. So he essentially becomes like. He descends. Yeah. He has to be like, he has to do like seven good deeds or whatever you know what i mean my name is munchie now it's the fucking labors of hercules what the fuck i I don't know but like to so to us to a toll for all his historical devastations he sends him to earth to like help this poor kid and his mom and i'm not going to get too much into it but like there's a lot of actors from the first movie but they play different characters which is weird um it has no real direct connection except for munchie and like the kid from the beginning and i'm still convinced it's not an actual sequel and it's just like a what if scenario because it's fucking bonkers dude and just to give you the idea of the tone of this film (laughs) colonel sanders didn't give it away so do tell you started with gage blows up a school okay yeah also is that kid dead and and does he go to heaven does he go to hell does he get a second chance like munchie no he becomes like a a fucking anarchist because he's like yeah that was great let's blow up the dmv now or some shit what oh my god what the hell is happening dude it's fucking weird 
Also, Dom DeLuise does not return. It's it's voice. It's Munchie's now voiced by Howard Hessman uh, from Police Academy Two. And um, oh god, what a downgrade! And that's saying something. And just to give you an idea of like the comedy in this that we're that like the tone of it is like you know he goes uh, the kid's like oh I gotta clean up my room before my mom sees, and he's he's like I only know one ma- I only know about one magic word that gets rid of everything Reaganomics. And then all of the fucking shit disappears in his room. What? Yeah. That's an actual line. I swear to God. Had to write it down. Because I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, it's depressing. Munchie 3, funded by the GOP. You know, I was wondering throughout all of Munchie who this movie was for. And now that I'm being told about the second Munchie movie, or third Munchie movie, I'm questioning even further who these movies are for. Um, This Munchie Strikes Back is not for kids. Okay? it, it It's... It's so like heavy-handed um political jargon and like really like uh it's depressing like the kid's dad is dead in this one and like he he like wishes like he wishes for Munchie to bring him back he's like ah, I can't do that or whatever. At one point Munchie turns into a, an actual human being and like drives a limousine. What? <laughs> I need to see this. Dude, it is fucking it's fucking kooky it's nuts um yeah well i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna keep touching base on this as we go through this but like uh, again (laughs) like a lot of characters from the first one are in the second one not as the same characters but completely different characters except for one guy but he's also a different guy but not the same (laughs) but the same character sure that 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 doesn't sound confusing at all (laughs) i always thought it was just the same dude but apparently it's not sure I, we're we're going to find out together. So that's the breakdown of the Munchie series. So this is directed by Jim Wynorski, right? Now, he is infamously known for his skin flicks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hold on. So many things make so much sense in this movie now. We're going to we're gonna get to that shit, but um, I just want to unpack this because I, it, I'm telling you guys, I did a deep dive, so this is a little lengthy. Um, hey, you know. Nick's Nick's looking for one, so and I'm sure other people listening are too. This is the definitive Munchie episode, by the way. Nobody else, um, I don't think, has ever gone into as much detail as I am with this. I, I'm sure no one's been asked. Nobody gives a shit except <laughs> me. So, <laughs> so strap in. Um, but yeah, so so Jim Wynorski's directing this, and he's he's known for his skin flicks, but he's also known for Chopping Mall. Yeah, I saw that. And Return of Swamp Thing. And Deathstalker 2, and Not of This Earth, and 976 Evil 2, which sucks, but, you know, it's fine. But Chopping Mall is a fucking classic, and I personally really like Return of Swamp Thing. Um, Connor, if you haven't seen that, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Um, I I pitched it doing, doing it for Phantom Zone, but we did Swamp Thing, and, like, the crew was so fucking devastated from Swamp Thing that, like... I brought up Return to Swamp Thing, and they all just hissed at me. So I was like, all right, I was like, all right we'll wait on this one. <laughs> yeah. Referring to the new show being canceled, I'm assuming? Oh, uh, no, 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 uh, because we watched the original Swamp Thing movie. So uh, oh, I was like, okay. let's do Return to Swamp Thing, and they were like, ah, no. Sure. Uh, Return of Swamp Thing is completely different than that first film. I saw that years ago at AMC, I think, but I haven't visited an adult. It's super corny and cheesy, but it really works pretty well. <laughs> um, and the, I think I think the costume is a lot better. Oh, it's dope. Um, Also, this is where I admit I've never seen Cho- uh, Chopping Mall. Oh, no. But 
It looks amazing. I've seen at least one kill in it being killed by a giant autonomous robot. Oh, yeah, like, man. How have I not fucking watched this? You got fucking Dick Miller. You got Barbara Crampton there. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking up here. Protector 101, uh, he gets his name from that movie, doesn't he? He sure does. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, shit. Yep, yeah. that's one of the robots in that film. Yeah. Have a nice day, baby. Um, Add it to the top of the list. Yeah. Push it up. So, so okay, so after 976 Evil 2, he does Munchie Strikes Back again. So he does the second installment of this he does the sequel to the second movie, even though it's a sequel to the f- first movie. Does that make sense? Right. Somehow. Again, these are not really these are not really the same. They're not. They're just loosely connected to each other. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. really fucking strange. Yeah, my, it's fine. Let me just wipe the blood from my nose. <laughs> it's really weird, and I don't know, like. I believe Wynorski's going to be at one of the events at the Mahoning Drive-In, and the first question I'm going to ask him when I meet him is, what the fuck with Munchie? <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just pulls a gun out and shoots himself in the head. I, like, like, what, how did this all come about? Like, I, I, like, how did we go from Munchies to Munchie? Like, what was that process like, uh, BTS? Like, I need to know that. Also, I just saw that apparently he wrote for, for uh, House 4 in some capacity. He sure did. There's a House 4? Oh, yeah. Roger Cop comes back. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's looking for that kid again. We got to do house. We got to do the horror show, and we got to do house four next year. Yep, I think, and we might have to hit up our friend Jake over at a slashers. Oh you yeah, know, that corn team up, bring it up every time we get a chance. House one. Yep, and two slashers. House two with uh. <laughs> Hey, boys. Gramps himself. Haven't shown up yet tonight. <laughs> Been taking a break or doing all these videos. So uh, you can check those out online, folks. Go to that Instagram. Hit up. See, see what Gramps is doing. He'll tell you all about the barbecue. Oh, yeah. So then he does Ghoulies 4. He does uh, Joe Bob Briggs Drive-In Theater and The Wasp Woman, which is like one of the last things I've watched um, of his. But then he goes hard in the fucking skin flick shit, dude. He does all four bear wench projects uh i mean okay there's four of them i thought there was one i you know speaking of jake from slashers he specifically brought up that porno on our episode saying his mom bought it for him as a joke for christmas yeah now now when i say skin flicks these are softcore porn flicks right they're not sure sure they're not like hardcore it's not like it's not like pornos per se do you know what i mean right um he does busty cops (laughs) busty cops (laughs) 2 These are these were tickling me so much I had to write them down. Uh, Witches of Brestwick one and two. Oh my god! The Brestford Wives. <laughs> House on Hooter Hill. <laughs> Cleavage Field. The Hills Have Thighs. <laughs> Busty Cops Go Hawaiian. <laughs> the Devil Wears Nada. <laughs> and in between all of these, he's doing shit like Dino Croc versus Super Gator and Piranha Conda. <laughs> I'm sorry, the hills have thighs. Yeah, that broke me, dude. I've never seen any of this shit. Oh, my God. And, and uh, don't forget the children's film, Nessie and Me. Dude, I need Nessie and Me. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, sign me up. Um, also, real quick, going back to our um, Ghost Shark episode, Connor had brought up Sharkansaw Women Prisons Massacre. Oh, no fucking way. Yeah, he did that one straight up. <laughs> So now you can say you've seen two of his movies, Connor. <laughs> so I'm going to call back one more fucking thing. Do you remember on the Ticks episode? We're like, what the fuck else did Tony Randell direct? And and Sean was like, oh, he, he directed this movie called A Doggone Adventure. <laughs> yes. Well, guess who directed two of those sequels? <laughs> 
A Doggone Christmas and A Doggone Hollywood, directed by Jim Wynorski. We are going to have to, at some point, I don't know if it's going to be season four or five, do that dog month. <laughs> a doggone with month? Uh, with, the, with these atrocities. It's all the doggone films. Yeah, yeah. And, and the uh, the one with John Voight. Uh, oh my goodness, yes. The Bob Clark one. Yes. How, it's so, it's just so strange to me how you hop from like softcore porn parodies right. to like kids films uh, in the seeming, like in, in the drop of a hat, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I guess you gotta eat, right? But especially late, later in his career, it's skin flick, skin flick, skin flick, children's movies, skin flick, children's movies, skin flick. <laughs> and it's like, okay, <laughs> Someone's not checking right. resumes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's just really good at his job and he can just do anything. <laughs> can can you direct? Yes, you're hired. Well, here's the thing. Like, his older stuff is completely competent. It's great. I mean, even this film sure. is just really... It's it's a well-made flick, whether you like it or not. Um, but... Yeah. Uh, so, it's ri- so, this is also written by Jim. Um, and it's also written by R.J. Robertson, who also wrote uh, Big Bad Mama 2, Not of This Earth, like I said, with Tracy Lord's Forbidden World, Roger Corman flick, Deathstalker 2. He also directed, I mean, he also, uh, R.J. Robertson had wrote, written this film called Think Big with the Barbarian Brothers that I have never heard of, um, which we need to do. Uh, the Haunting of Morella, Beast, Beast Master 2, he wrote House 4, Munchie Strikes Back. Um, and oddly enough, he did the visual effects for Dreamscape, uh, and Troll, and the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the 8th Dimension. Huh. And he also did animations for Not of This Earth and Chopping Mall. There's a lot of Chopping Mall coming up, because this is one of those, this is one of those flicks, or this is one of those teams that, like, stick together throughout, like, everything. Oh, like Razorback and Mad Max, that, that whole connection. Yeah, or, and, like, Bob Clark, too. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. And Alan Ormsby and, and, and Tom Savini. But, uh, the music is by Chuck Serino, and he did Chopping Mall, which is a fucking awesome soundtrack. Um, I think you can still pick it up through Waxwork. Is it was it Wax Waxwork Records that put that out? I can't remember. Um, and then he wrote music for Deathstalker Two, Not of the Earth, Deadly Stranger, Death House, Return to Swamp Thing, Alienator, um, Teenage Exorcist with Michael Berryman, Nine Seven Six Evil Two, which isn't great. Uh, he also did Evil Tunes, Ghoulies Four. I like that you get to say every time you're like Nine Seven Six, nine, seven, six Evil Two. It's not great anyway. <laughs> it's not great because the first one's just barely good, <laughs> and Nine Seven Six oh, Evil Two sucks straight up here's where it gets weird uh uh, well first i want to talk about ghoulies 4 real quick because chuck serino does ghoulies 4 and i believe it's all ghoulies 4 is also directed by jim winorski it feels like this movie like even the music that always that always struck me as a kid like the music that chuck did for munchie and for ghoulies 4 is kind of the same fucking thing it's weird it's really strange. I, I've never seen Ghoulies 4, so I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys remember The Amazing Live Sea Monkeys? What? Uh, it's maybe on the tip of my tongue, but barely. Oh, man. If if listeners, if you've seen it or you haven't seen it, go look it up. It only ran for like a season. I'm pretty sure it was on Fox Kids. It was either ABC Kids or like Fox Kids Network. And it was this live action show where these dudes were like all decked out in prosthetics of like sea monkeys and then they have just like adventures in their house it's fucking bonkers sounds kind of familiar to be honest i have no memory of this yeah he uh he did the music for that and actually directed a couple episodes um again 
we usually don't see this either. Like, so, so we have this composer, and he does video effects for an episode of Shelley Duvall's Fairytale Theater, and then he directed two episodes of J.J. the Jet Plane and the Mr. Potato Head show. <laughs> okay. There was a Mr. Potato Head show? Yeah, and it looks fucking weird, man. Like, I never heard of it, and I need to see it. Um, and yeah, then he was a cinematographer on all the Bear Wench projects, and who could give a shit? Scooting right along, we got Gabe Bartalos on fucking effects, man, and he is, like, one of my favorite, uh, effects guys. Like, he's right up there with John Carl Beekler. Beneath John Carl Beekler, but he's right up there. Wow. And I don't feel like he, I don't feel like he gets enough credit. I mean, this is... Frank Hannenlotter's go-to guy. I mean, this guy has made Belial from Basket Case. He has made uh, Elmer from uh, Brain Damage, and he's done all the effects for Frankenhooker. Ooh, wow, that's a resume. Yeah, that's just scrape scraping the surface because he actually worked under John Carl Beekler. <laughs> really? Um, and yeah, his fucking career is epic, dude. Uh, all three Basket Case movies, like I said, Brain Damage, Frankenhooker. Uh, he did all the Leprechaun movies. He did Warwick Davis's makeup. Get the hell out of here. Yep. Uh, he worked on Fright Night 2, uh, Dark Angel, a.k.a. I Come in Peace with Dolph Lundgren, which we should get to at some point. It's really good. Yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna go fight an alien or whatever. Bye. Uh, Spookies he worked on. Sometimes They Come Back, Unborn 2, Watchers 3, Friday 6, uh, From Beyond, Ooh. Texas Chain 2, Dolls, The Outing, a.k.a. The Lamp, which is a great flick. We should probably do that, too. Gremlins 2. Which is strange because this is semi ripoff sequel. <laughs> I yeah, with Gremlins two, I feel like Gremlins two was like the the moratorium on these kinds of movies. They're like, you do any fucking more of them, we'll come for you. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's why Dante was like, I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want because this is never going past two. <laughs> um, Darkman, The Giver, Godzilla ninety eight, Underworld Ooh. in the Cave. We got two other guys working with Gabe. So it's a team of three dudes on the effects for Munchie in this film that I just want to go over real quick. Uh, John uh, Deal or Dial? I think it's Dial because there's two L's. But he's wor- he worked on uh, the It miniseries, the original one with um, Tim Curry. Uh, Critters 4, uh, Ninja Turtles 3, <laughs> Oblivion, Shrunken Heads, uh, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, which we fucking need to get to. Maybe we'll have Dave DeForn on that one. Okay. Yeah. Tax told us all about that. He looked right into the screen and told us about uh, the thing's catchphrase, remember? Oh, yeah, he sure did. It's clobbering time, motherfucker. It's clobbering time. Oh, oh, oh cowpo. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite moon, he, this, this guy in particular has done a lot of moonbeam full moon shit. Uh, like I said, oblivion, shrunken heads, um, dragon world is, is one of my favorite moonbeam movies. Uh, he's done puppet master, puppet master five pet shop, uh, beanstalk children of the corn three pre hysteria three and all of the fucking Josh Kirby movies. Um, what's a Josh Kirby? Oh, I will learn you, sir. (laughs) Don't you worry. Josh Kirby time warrior. Made for ch- made oh, for uh, children's direct-to-video fucking series. Oh, boy, you're in for a treat. I think we might actually have one of them on the docket for this year. Spoilers. I think I, I think we do. You just woke up, like, a, a very buried memory of some, like, trailer on a VHS I've probably seen as a kid. Do you, you know that part in Robin Hood Men in Tights where the kid pretends he's, like, Macaulay Culkin and he's running through the field? Yes. Yeah. That's Josh Kirby, Time Warrior. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have uh, extrapolated that from that performance. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny to go back and be like, oh, that's the kid. Right. It clearly wasn't Macaulay screaming because of the bees. Clearly. Oh, the way he's screaming? Oh, he's Josh Kirby, Dream Warrior. Yeah. 
<laughs> Josh Kirby Dream Warrior. He's Josh. He's Josh Time. Time Kirby. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so John D. So so we'll we'll fucking put a pin in that. So John D. Hall um also does effects for T two three D Battle Across Time, Independence Day, Star Trek First Contact, and Virus. Then there are our third guy is Dan Fry, who um. I'm not like I'm not really friends with him, but I follow him on Instagram and stuff, and, and we converse sometimes. But like, uh, he's done Plutonium Baby, uh, It's Alive Three, Plutonium Baby. We should totally do. Um, add add it to the list of uh, radioactive fetuses slash babies in the MDU. Sure. Yeah, dude. It's like the companion piece of the suckling, sort of. Um, it's Alive Three. Brain Damage, Slime City, Rejuvenator, The Chair, Cemetery High, Shocker, Demon Wind, Metamorphosis, The Alien Factor, which is like the unofficial sequel to The Deadly Spawn, uh, which is fucking so good. Creepshow 2, Ghostbusters 2, Prancer. Mm. <laughs> you go from Ghostbusters 2 to Prancer, wow. Wow, what what fun to what misery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ernest Scared Stupid, Hook, Step Monster, The Sandlot, the Last Action Hero, uh, Grimm, which is like a, a 90s uh, B-movie that we may or may not do. I've been thinking about it. I've been kicking it around. Terminator 2, Shaun of the Dead, uh, The Descent Part 2, the remake of The Wolfman, Clash of the Titans remake, both parts of the Harry Potter, the last two Harry Potters, The Deathly Hollows, Resident Evil, the first Resident Evil movie, Gladiator, Reign of Fire, Prometheus, Dracula Untold, Victor Frankenstein, Game of Thrones, The Beauty and the Beast, um, the new one, like the live action one, Doctor Who, and just recently the new Watchmen series. Oh fuck. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, wow. really. I'm sorry, there's one more guy. There's Dan Kindlin who worked directly with Gabe to make the um Munchie Puppet. And he worked on Eliminators, From Beyond, Monster Squad, Hell Comes to Frogtown, Friday 7, The Blob Remake, Deep Star 6, uh, iRobot, Underworld, Men in Black 2, uh, Day of the Dead, Trick or Treat, and uh, the, the Hidden, which I fucking love, and uh, From Dust Till Dawn. So a stacked uh, crew here. Like, the effects team behind this film are heavy hitters, dude. <laughs> Uh, I want to take this moment because I don't get many chances to say it that the Blob remake fucking rules, and if you haven't seen it, get off your ass and go watch it. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I would gladly talk about how uh, how Shawnee Smith has looked the same for 25 fucking years in between that movie and Saw 1. <laughs> sure does. And she's such a sweetheart, too. Is she? Got to meet her a couple of times. Yeah, I got to meet her a couple of times. Oh, that's awesome. Specific When when the first Saw dropped, Leigh Whannell was there, Shawnee Smith and Tobin Bell were there, and I got oh, to meet shit. all three of them at once. Yeah, it was cool. So I've been talking quite enough. Do either of you want to uh, <laughs> plot crunch this film for the folks at home? I mean, Connor, you watched it twice. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, here's the thing. My 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 wording is not going to be okay. Here we go. <laughs> just just go th- go for it full speed, like like a bat out of hell. I'm going to go right from the heart too. Um, a shitty little kid who doesn't pay attention to anything around him uh, somehow <laughs> comes into the company of. A hideous California raisin-looking, like, like, like wish-granting cherub named Munchie, who is voiced by Dom DeLuise. And then various sketches of hijinks ensue, and there's really no conflict. <laughs> it's just lots of, like, lots of stuff fucking happens in this movie. Yeah, and, like, Munchie, like, when he meets Munchie, he, like, helps him with his problems or whatever. Yeah. Kind of like the unluckiest leprechaun. But he, he he helps this kid in a way that this kid's going to be fucked up for life, which explains why he bombs a school in the next fucking movie. 
Again, just like the unlucky leprechaun. Same kind yeah. of help here. <laughs> so, so we open up with a a car chase, and it, it, by the way, <laughs> it's 1970, but we don't get that for at least five minutes into this car chase. <laughs> I asked Joe before we started recording if that had anything to do with the movie, and he was like, "I'm going to school you about the uh, history of this film." And as we just found out, apparently nothing. Here's the funny thing: Th- this sequence happened. I was like, oh, "Okay," and then like in a couple minutes when it establishes there's been a time jump, I was like as opposed to what (laughs) i was gonna say it doesn't even make sense with the first film because it doesn't take place in 1970 so right this is a completely different thing altogether with fucking charlie sheen light fucking driving this pickup truck with munchie like in a in this old like uh box with all these carvings on it and shit (laughs) Munchie got thrown in there because he fucked up this dude's life. Is that what they're trying to say here? Apparently, because he looks like he's all kinds of fucked up. He helped him too much? (laughs) He helped him? He partied a little too hard? I think that's what happened. This guy's being chased by the police. Of course Munchie has ruined this guy's life. Like, what What could possibly be happening? Hey, get me out of this box. I'm running out of air here. Hey, oh, it's tight in here. Yeah, yeah. In, like, 30 seconds, he's already Dom DeLuising it all the way up. Oh, yeah. He's like, we sent potty last night. Huh? Uh, uh, hello? Let me tell you something. Dom DeLuise, in spite of everybody else in this film, he is comedically on point, like, something serious. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with Dom DeLuise, and I, I, I'm i assuming he was super popular at the time of making this film. Dude, he does Robin Hood Men in Tights right after this film. So, just to put that into perspective. Well, there you go. I guess, but I guess, like... He's not someone that I necessarily would think of to do a voice of a puppet. Not that that's a bad thing, but it was really? just like it took me off uh, kilter a little bit. He's done a lot of uh, voices for animated films, um, f- a few uh, Don Bluth movies. Um, He's Tiger, isn't he? he? I believe so. Yeah, like the cat with like the purple vest. Yeah, in Amer- an American Tale, I think that is. Yeah, American American Tale and Five Goes West. I'm positive he's Tiger. I believe it. No, he is, and he's also the um, the seagull. In um, one of the Rescuers movies, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Or is that John Candy? Now that you mention it, no, I think you're right. You're right. I know he's done a, a few things, and, I'm, and, I, and I apologize for not uh, looking it up to be specific. <laughs> so maybe I stand corrected, but uh, I guess I haven't seen a lot of Don DeLuise movies. Yeah, he's uh, in the first American Tale. He's, they're playing the card game. He throws his cards down, and he goes, Rummy! And they're like, Tiger, for the last time, we're playing poker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, that's the kind of comedy. Um, he's, you know, he's great in all of Mel Brooks's films, too. I mean, he's in Blazing Saddles for a little bit. and Oh, right, well, right. It's been a minute since I've seen Men in Tights. Who is he in Men in Tights again? He plays the fucking Don, dude. Like, the, the, oh uh, my God. Yeah, the Godfather spoof. <laughs> and so I just had dinner with Don. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I can't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> it's so fucking good. But uh, this car chase is going on, and this guy, like I think Connor was saying, looks strung out of his mind or drunk or something. He's all kinds of fucked up, dude. It's Charlie Sheen light, dude. He's got a coke problem. He's ready to go. Yeah. Tiger blood. That'll do it to you. Probably killed a hooker or something with Munchie. Ah, that's... That's why he has a nosebleed. Yep, there you go. Uh, he somehow escapes the police, and and the cops like crash into some other couple. There's like a there's like uh, Tex Conway's like driving with his wife. <laughs> it might as well be. He's like drinking and driving, and the fucking sheriff hits him, and then like I, I think uh, a week later, 
the Russians dropped the bomb, dude, because... I was going to say, he's in like a medically induced coma and wakes up and the whole world's been fucking stabilized. <laughs> it's like Sam Worthington in fucking Terminator. Yeah. I'm Tex Conway. I'm a robot jock, motherfucker. It's like 20 days later, just wakes up naked in the hospital. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Helena Bottom Carter just looking over him like, you're, you're now a robot jock. I inspected every part of your body. <laughs> every part of your body. And let me tell you, it certainly was not impressive. Yeah, you're quite large. Puts his hat on just to take it off and throw it on the ground. <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't wake up until someone puts the hat on him and then he suddenly shoots out of his fucking coma. Oh, man, he's like Frosty the Snowman? Yeah. <laughs> Except he wakes up and he just goes, I'm racist! Not happy birthday? Yeah, right, right. They they put the hat on the fucking splatter on the, in the silo floor, robot jocks, and he just comes back to life. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, like Snail's got a couple of rocks in the cemetery. Tex just got the hat on the ground next to his fucking grease stain splatter oh when he hit the ground. Oh, my God. Tex Conway, the robot jock, was a very racist guy. He ate pork ribs and shot some whiskey, and we put his hat, and he died. We uh we couldn't separate the remains from Dobby's, so it's a little house self mixed in. <laughs> Oh my god, can you imagine if, like, he comes back, like, fucking in Hot Shots 2 when Saddam comes back fused with a dog? Yes, yes. <laughs> so he's fucking, he's Tex Dobby, like, please murder me. Oh my god. <laughs> he's like, or he's like on the back of his neck. Yeah, like, this, this Dobby, you know, when it comes back, it's not actually, like, the Dobby, it's like a, it's like a split off part of it, so, you know, if it gets killed once, it's good to go, it doesn't have to come back. Oh, sure, But yeah. no one will kill it for some reason. So, uh, so this guy outruns these cops, and he makes it to this bottomless pit that he's been driving day and night to get to, right? Right, right. Specifically, they call that out. Bottomless pit this way. Yeah. I mean, this is a kid's movie, folks, so bear with us here. Sure, sure. So he takes this box with, with, uh... Dom DeLuise imp inside of it and fucking throws it over and he's like he's like oh we're here we're having a party and he's like okay everybody sing and he throws him over the fucking hill and he just like you just hear him careening down into this fucking hole I, I wanna I wanna point out that he throws Munchie down a hill in the bottomless pit down a hill <laughs> well he doesn't want to get trapped in the sarlacc yeah right right Makes sense. See, Boba Fett made that mistake, so he was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to throw him to the side, let that motherfucker roll down before it hits the hole. There you go. Well, Bubba should have got a helmet with peripheral vision, okay? This is also well, true. Right, yeah, that was his first problem. He didn't have ice, de- he didn't have ice detectors. <laughs> he didn't have solo detectors. Yeah, a- yeah, any kind of detectors that would have saved his life. <laughs> uh, most dangerous bounty hunter in the universe, taken out like a, like a scrub. So then we cut to... Um, present day whatever the fuck that is i mean there's like a title <laughs> sequence with a bunch of chattering teeth but had flashbacks to batman arkham knight it it okay what 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 the fuck was this like i don't even like it's it's like 90 seconds of chattering teeth and like burr, 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 fucking music and then like it just there's like a uh, you know a chewing mask that goes over and says today i'm like What's today? When is today? What is happening? I don't know. Somebody hit those fucking things with a batarang and they exploded. Yeah, got my achievement. That's what I'm talking about. So we cut to this this school and we were introduced to Gage Dobson, who is played by Jamie McKinnon, um, who is the little ghost kid from Mr. Boogity. We had to bring that back. Oh, oh my god. I mentioned it in that fucking episode and here we are. Gonna have to quiz carry on on that one. He is the... Uh resident boogity expert self-proclaimed where's my where's my beer he's the boogity expert okay there's because no one else cares that much <laughs> well he he's he's the fucking john Aston character man 
Oh, God. He's like, I- I'm going to tell you about Mr. Boogity. Matt Curione has taken on the persona of the Babadook yeah. in-, in the last year. Mm-hmm. He's smoking a fucking camel and drinking a Red Bull, dude. <laughs> Telling you all about <laughs> it. <laughs> Trick or trash is going to be weird this year. <laughs> Especially when we when, when we just assume this all about him and Matt is incredibly perplexed while we're just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that episode you didn't listen to? Remember when he told you with a Babadook and you didn't even answer? It's weird. <laughs> Um, uh, Gage sucks. Uh, I hate him. I don't know if I go that far. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Um, he's just a kid. Yeah. I, I mean, especially when I was a kid watching this, like, I, I could really, like, relate to him. Sure. Especially, like, because I moved a lot as a kid, so. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he's definitely way more relatable than, like, a Jody. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Well, uh, well, I can't associate, I can't relate to that kind of sociopathy. Um, <laughs> well, me, me either. Who wants to get in his head? But, th- but through the eyes of an adult with cynicism, I'm like, Gage, shut the fuck up. Well, sure. But he has <laughs> nobody to kind of guide him because his mom is just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Well, maybe if he paid attention to anything going on around him. Well, he's daydreaming, man. He has that, uh, Goku, that, uh, Justin Chatwin fucking... Uh, daydreaming problem where he can't pay attention in class. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like JD from Scrub as a child. It's like, man, people would like you more if you just like were here half the time. I mean, to be fair, that's what I was doing during math class. I mean, so was I, thinking about something else, <laughs> especially math class. He uh, turns to this girl that he likes, um, fucking Jennifer Love Hewitt. Is that really? Are you fucking with me right now? No, he's he's not. Um, but the weird thing is, she she goes by Love Hewitt in this movie. Yeah. This is her first film. Holy shit. I I, <laughs> I was sitting there watching this movie going, holy shit, that looks like Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> There's no way, though, right? Dude, this is where I fell in love with her as a kid. So my crush goes this far back on Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hence all the repeat watches. Yes. Well, yeah, there you go. It, w- it wasn't Don Down Louise, you know, it wasn't the flying pizza. No, it sure wasn't. <laughs> um... She actually won a Young Actors Award for this, believe it or not. She's fine in this. She's fine. Anyway, this is where she got her start, so good for her. Okay, wow. Just blowing my mind with that one a little bit. <laughs> but he he's, like, watching her and just, like, daydreaming. Like, you know, I made the Goku joke just now. If you remember back to Dragon Ball Evolution, that fucking atrocity. I mean, I try not to, but... <laughs> yeah, me too, but it just, uh, you know, I go on our own podcast feed and I'm reminded daily. <laughs> Watch out! Watch out for the Nemics. So you know, in that movie, he was daydreaming about Chi Chi, and then they, you know, play that old, old, old trope of we're gonna ask Goku uh, the answer to the question, but he can't answer because he's dreaming. And you have that here with uh, what's this kid's name? In Garb? <laughs> Gage Dobson? Garb? Yeah, garbage. Gage, Gage, Gage. Gar- <laughs> His name's garbage. <laughs> you have this with Gage where he's looking at Jennifer Love Hewitt, and uh, she's like, the teacher pops in mid uh, mid dream, like, oh, how do you add these fractions? together gauge 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 how do we arrive at a sum and he's like having a daydream about fucking getting an award for like the coolest kid in school or some shit <laughs> right yeah i accept <laughs> when he snaps out of it what was the question she's like what the fuck is the answer to the problem on the board he's like uh what uh mrs blaylock by the way played by tony naples who's a big uh Winorsky actor she's in a bunch of shit she's also in the second movie or the the sequel to this, if you even want to call it that, as a fucking news reporter. Side note. Um, just gonna throw this out here, and I'm not saying I could do a better job, 
But this woman, at least in this film, is a horrible actor. She's not the worst one, but she's not great either. She gets a little better as the film progresses when she actually has a little more to do. But in these first few scenes where she's just essentially lecturing Gage, I'm like, ah, I don't know about this. <laughs> Watch the second movie if you think the acting's bad in this one. <laughs> okay. Well, the third, second, we're not sure still. The, the third, well, yeah, the, excuse me, the third movie, yeah. So she's basically just telling Gage, she's like, she's like, look, if you don't stop paying attention in class, I'm going to fucking fail you. And he's like, okay. But she's like, she's like, you've been here for two, two months if you don't get better, you'll fail you. I'm like, two months, you'll fail him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he must really be fucking up like bad, right? <laughs> he must really suck. Oh, yeah. School year's not over yet, ma'am. We see his report card later, and he is not doing any work. And those are those are my grades. That's what I used to get. So uh, she's like, oh, you making new friends or what? And he's like, yeah, a ton of them. Sure am. And then he goes outside, and he starts crying. No, he doesn't start crying. So so did Kirby and fucking Big Bully. He had a ton of friends, that kid. <laughs> he sure didn't. I mean, it's kind of sad. I mean, I feel for this kid. No, sure. You know, he's trying to make friends, and he just gets constantly picked on. No, man, it's... It's shitty. It's shitty. In his defense, he's getting picked on by primarily by a kid who clearly does not go to that school. I don't know who keeps letting him in the building. <laughs> Who's at least, like, three grades above him, right? Yeah, he's. why is he being picked on by a, a fucking eighth grader? Like, Because <laughs> that's, cause that's who they pick on. Little kids. But, like, what's the, what's the eighth grade doing at a great school? He's got left back, dude. We went to middle school. I don't know what the, what the fuck happened to this kid. <laughs> I, I Beats me. He's supposed to be in, like, junior high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, I have found the smallest child in this, in this fucking elementary school. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just resonated with me because it was like, I, I know what that's like. A lot. Like, I had to do that a few times where, you, you know, you got to try to fit in and it's hard to and you're fucking weird because you like weird shit and people think you're, you know, whatever. But anyway. They go to the cafeteria next, correct? Uh, Yeah, they're all eating lunch. And uh, he's really got the hots for J-Love because, I mean, who, who wouldn't? Jesus. <laughs> so he goes and sits next to her and her boyfriend Ashton and his douchebag friend Leon who's like the, on the football team Boy boyfriend in very light quotes by the way yeah question mark because it seems like she just hangs out with them right like, like to her he is just a friend but to him she is definitely like his in, in his mind hey man she's my girl for as long as I may want her understood oh god this fucking guy is so creepy even if he's a kid he's a he's a he's a fucking bradster and then the and then his like muscle is the jock douchebag Leon who both look at least 15 and gauges like eight like <laughs> yeah for sure I mean he's got to be older because in the second movie um he is much taller and and his balls dropped. Something serious. Oh, he got his, uh, he had his growth spurt. Yeah, he sure did. He had his buzz moment. <laughs> yes. Bet between little monsters and Home Alone. <laughs> yes, he did. He also reminds me of, um, uh, what the fuck, he's, it's the actor who plays the boyfriend of, uh, Megan Fox in Transformers and then gets fucking brutalized by Jason in the, uh, Friday remake. I can't remember that dude's name. Oh, jeez, I couldn't tell you. But he looks like a, like a proto version of that guy. Yeah, no idea. Uh, but yeah, so, during this lunch scene, basically, uh, what is, it? what is Jennifer Love Hewitt's character's name in this? Andrea. So, yeah, J-Lo. J-Lo. J-Lo, yeah. Yeah, sure. Adrian, she gets upset because these two other goofballs are basically saying, yeah, Gage, get the fuck out of here. You're a loser. Yeah. And she leaves. So as a reaction, this fucking uh, bully-type character gets up and takes Gage's lunch tray and just hawks it at the fucking principal as he walks in the room. Show this gentleman where he may eat his lunch 
and he fucking throws it right at the principal. This principal, by the way, might be the biggest POS in the film. <laughs> he is a scumbag. He he's like he he's like a character from Bully. Like it's that kind of like very haughty toddy, like like so prim and proper douchey that they couldn't possibly exist in real life. It's also that he's also one of the characters where it's like every character dogs this fucking kid and he's like, I don't know how it's yeah. your fault, but it's your fucking fault, so fuck you. Yeah, especially in this one because they're like they're like, Gage threw his tray of food at you. And you look at the table, and Gage's tray is very clearly in front of him with food on it. And the only tray he was missing is the fucking bullies. Well, no, no, you're wrong about that. It's because he specifically picks up Gage's tray, and then, like, the snooty, like, prep kid is the one that was like, oh, Gage doesn't have his tray. He did it. Uh, I believe it belongs to Gage Dobson, sir. And he's like, Dobson, come here, you. I've had my eye on you. Principal Thornton, by the way, played by Ace Mask. Uh, excuse me? His name is Ace Mask. <laughs> what the f- Is he a G.I. Joe? <laughs> he's a he's a fucking uh, educational expert. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's, a reti- he's a retired Cobra villain who's now running a school. <laughs> he's an adultery expert? Surprisingly enough, uh, it reminds me, you know, you say an adultery uh, expert. It reminds me of my old uh, high school uh, vice principals who... Uh, oh, is that the one that got caught fucking in the, in the closet? Yeah, yeah, in the... Uh, in. <laughs> In the uh, janitor's closet, the gym room, the gym if you room. will. Yeah, having sex. Somebody walked in on them, and they were both married to other people. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And of course, the one vice principal in particular was a real hard ass that would always try to throw his weight around. So that was kind of funny to see. But and uh, fuck you. Yeah, Ace. Ma- well, Principal Thornton. I'll just. I'm not gonna call him Ace Mask because that shit just sounds <laughs> weird. I, I kind of want to call him Ace Mask. Yeah, he's he's not a member of Kiss. <laughs> He's like a Super Sentai villain. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's a mask. It's a mask. Because he immediately doesn't believe this kid because he's like, I've had my eye on you. He's like, one more infraction and you, you're expelled. He's got, look, he's a great character actor in this. I kind of like, I kind of like his character a lot. I mean, he's got some really funny comedy bits in this. Sure. Um, I also love this scene because, again, Gage kind of daydreams throughout the whole film. Yeah. And this in particular is pretty is pretty fun because like Gage gets up and he's like and he's like come here Dobson you little fucker and so as Gage is like walking up to him he starts like envisioning the principal as like different executioners oh yeah this got a laugh out of me yeah and like he walks up and like he's like a the principal turns into like a fucking sheriff with like two like a noose hanging yeah. and then like he turns into like a, a judge with like an executioner behind him and then he like turns straight up into the fucking devil <laughs> at one point. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I enjoyed the devil thing. It kinda reminded me of uh what was that fucking soccer movie, The Big Green? Yes. Oh um, yeah, yeah. The, the the goalie keeps envisioning the opposing team as these like horrifying pop culture images or like I think one team's the Terminators and all rolling up in him on motorcycles. Yes. Yeah, Hambino yeah. from fucking Sandlot. Or uh, Big Bully, again. Gonna invoke that again. Probably gonna invoke it a few more times this episode. Yeah, there you go. Because there was that classic scene where he's talking about Don Knotts is deaf or something. <laughs> Maybe. You know, we joke about the MDU, but it seems like it really is all connected, so. it I, you Once you see it, it's like it's like the dark... The, the, <laughs> it's unseeable. Yeah, it's like the abyss. Once you fucking start staring into that shit, it starts staring back, you know? Yeah, yeah. We are the results of that. It's true. Um, and now you're all influenced, uh, so now you'll start to see it all. We are, we are, we are the looking glass. 
<laughs> so, so the principal's just basically like, I've been watching you, you little fuck. He's like, you're a real asshole. He's like, I'm going to make an example out of you. I'm going to give you 20 extra hours of study hall and two demerits. Which he kind of needs. Yeah, he kind of does. And, like, that's, like, a running gag in the film, like, two demerits, and he's like, whatever those are. And demerits are just marks on your permanent record that you're an insubordinate piece of shit, and if you get four of them, you were expelled permanently. That's what that means. Huh. Seems like you might have uh, experience with that, because I had no fucking idea how many you needed. Uh, I had to look it up, because I had never gotten one, and I got in trouble a lot in school, <laughs> and I never got a fucking demerit. Yeah, I never got one either. I didn't misbehave until, like, I think, probably junior year, and I rarely got caught. But, yeah, no, I never got demerits. I got, like, you know, write-ups and, like, in-school detention, but nothing like that. I, I guess none of us threw a lunch tray at the principal. Um... No. And then blame somebody else who actually did it but had no proof. You know, I guess that that's demerit worthy. Yeah, I guess so. I but he's just being a real asshole, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, well without a doubt. He's throwing his weight around. Schools with horrible staff uh are a recurring theme for us anyway, because every time we watch a movie yes. we're like it's like, here's a kid, nobody likes him, and the adults are either <laughs> idiots or sadists. But like it's the thing where like this is how school feels when you're in it as a kid. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so we, so we cut from there to, uh, Gage walking home from school. This kid walks a lot of places that are seemingly, like, really far away from each other. Oh, he's like, what's her face from Prancer? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like every kid in every movie. Remember Gordy Belcher was, like, running across, like, the fucking fields of Middle Earth to <laughs> get to his house? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, how the fuck far away is everything? Um, so here we're introduced to Artie Johnson, who's playing, uh, Professor Crookshank. My favorite character in the movie. Oh, me too. Hands down. Oh my god. This man, I, I, I was saying before we started recording, I wasn't sure about his accent at first. I was really trying to place it, because he's, he's all over the place. I can't. And I landed, I landed on Jewish-Russian. Y- yeah, I would say, like, he, he, he definitely escaped Gulag at some point in early life. He, he pronounces his name as Kruzinski at one point, so maybe he is Russian. Because there's a couple of lines. I was leaning towards German, but uh, there's things he says. He mentions nuclear weapons uh, a few times, and it, he goes hard on the Russian accent. Or a nuclear reactor. Yeah, I guess it is Russian. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah, like I said, I, I think at some point he crossed Iron Curtain. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I escaped I escaped Russia after they helped me build a robot jug for Alexander. Uh, I won't tell your real name, boy. You call me Crookshank, okay? Don't tell anyone else you've <laughs> ever met me, okay? Or I will murder you quietly in your sleep. Yeah, you see, you put the chainsaw in the penis area, and they, they catch them off guard. Cage walks away, and he pulls out the fucking red uh, notebook <laughs> for, uh, for Terry O'Quinn, pats it, and just puts it back. Soon. Soon. There's just like various pages. He's like Winter Soldier, Winter Repairman, Winter uh, <laughs> Winter Carpenter, Winter Stepfather. There we go. <laughs> he puts it alphabetically on the shelf. Yeah, right below is How to Howard collection. Yes. So so Professor Crookshank's like an archaeologist at the um at the university, and I hope that I become this man as I get older. Um, because he's just like, he has like the, later we, we see like his whole house is just like covered in ancient tomes and like artifacts and relics and shit that he's just like going over and studying and like goes to different like, uh, countries and shit and like studies like ancient civilizations and stuff. It's really, it's really fucking cool. Like, yeah, Joe, you know, this is what me and Arlen think your house already is, right? (laughs) I'm trying. I see. I'm slowly getting there. I'm going to be turning into Hagstrom. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. We we both think you hang out in a Vincent Price robe, smoke a pipe, and just like, 
I should go collect werewolf heads today. I'm not too far away, right? <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, but I wish I lived across the street from this kid when I was, when I, I mean, I wish I lived across the street from this guy when I was a kid. Like, I'd be over this guy's house all the time. Oh, yeah, he's chill. The, <laughs> Gage just knocks on the door. He's like, who is that? He's like, Gage, oh, my dear friend, come in. Come in, Gage. Isn't this after, like, uh, Kirkshank nearly dies in, like, a fucking thunderous explosion that emanates from his garage? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he's fixing his fucking Jeep. Yeah. And there's, like, a big explosion. Gage is like, what the fuck? He's like, Crookshank, you okay? There is a backdraft-worthy fireball that comes out of this dude's garage. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, yeah. oh, minor problem. This guy connects with this kid more than anybody else in the film because he actually talks to him like a person. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Because he's just like, he's like, oh, Gage, I'm here. I did not kill myself yet. But, um, you know, I was so busy thinking, I did not think about what I was doing. Anyway, how was your day at school? He's like, yeah, you daydream a lot, too. I daydream. And he's like, yeah, that too. Uh, yeah, and he go he he has this great line where he's like, you know, reality is only good for someone who can't cope with imagination. Yeah, I like that. And I'm like, that is such like a that's such a great message to to. I mean, this is a kids movie, right? So there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of good shit like that. Um, that I really like about this film. I mean, I'm not going to get into the end thought yet, but I, I I do appreciate that that he at least has somebody who who's like. Supporting him in a, in a kind of real way and saying that, like, yeah. you know, like saying that, like, you know, it's okay to dream and shit. Like, that, how do you think, like, it's one of those things where it's like, how do you think shit gets invented? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and, and stories get written and, and films get made and art gets made and stuff. You know what I mean? He's giving him positive reinforcement. Sure. That nobody else is. Exactly. You see, Gage, scientific progress is made when Nazis defect to him. I mean, you know what? Go daydream. That's what you need to do. Just daydream all the time. <laughs> Yes, keep daydreaming. Here, take this serum and drink. I mean, it's uh, orange juice, fruit drink. Don't ever go to Brazil. Sometimes someone says they're Nazis there. <laughs> I know nothing about this. Also, your NASA scientists are probably Nazis too. Don't tell anyone I told you this. <laughs> Deep state. All those men have dueling scars. They stuff it with horse hair. What? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so how's your father doing? Have you heard from your dad this week? Oh, my God. His father, this guy sounds like the biggest piece of shit yet. And Gage kind of is like, oh, you know, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't gone around to writing back to me or whatever. But, you know, he's busy with his new family or whatever. And Crookshank's got this look on his face like, yeah, mm. like he doesn't know how to break it to him. Like, dude, yeah, your dad's not ever going to call you or come back, dude. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. New family. <gasps> <laughs> new family terry o'quinn you dog as crookshank as crookshank's like uh you know he's like he's like have you heard from your father and he puts the fucking book behind his back <laughs> crookshank sent him to the new family he's trying to fucking get in like inside information on him how is my experiment going i mean your father is this like the setup for stepfather four is this how it actually begins oh man it could be hold on are we are we saying Crook, crookshank is the handler for all like the, the, the <laughs> fucking winter soldier knockoffs we have he's the fucking code master like he has all the fucking books <laughs> <laughs> well you know if it is if this actually is how the stepfather four begins you know he has to activate terry or at least try to, you know, Terry's working, you know, tilling the fields in the wizard's mansion with those two mechanical hands. You know, he doesn't get the arm. Oh, this is a prequel, man. For sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, because I was going to say, you know, while he's tilling the field, you know, he still has that idle hand floating out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. And his other hand that was removed uh, is Thing working for the Adams family. So if he somehow 
beats back the uh, you know the code words, if you will. Oh man, uh, that hand is is fully susceptible. It doesn't have to listen to the rest of the body. It's separate, so it could uh, just go on a killing spree right then and there. Now I'm also wondering if that hand can cut off somebody else's hand and attach itself to that person, and that becomes stepfather. Ooh. Like a hand of Vecna kind of situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this, Metal Gear Solid 2? Brother! <laughs> Liquid Ocelot! I mean, honestly, like, if we think back to the, the litany of, uh, or back to the lore of the stepfather that we uh, expanded upon in the MDU, obviously, um, you know, Terry O'Quinn loses both of those hands, and there's a face change involved at some point, I think, in the stepfather 3, but what if really... You know, Terry O'Quinn ascended, like we talked about. You know, he did, he lost both hands. You know, he couldn't bring those with him during his ascension. No. Uh, go back and listen to the Stepfather episode, because I don't even remember, to be honest, what I said, how how we came to this conclusion. He was putting the wood chipper in the hands left. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. Um, But that one evil hand, uh, you know, it attached to How Do Howard. You know, it chopped off his one hand and just attached. Again, <laughs> hand of Vecna kind of situation. And uh, that's how we got those books written by Terry O'Quinn, but obviously authored by How to Howard. Yes. And uh, maybe it was removed by uh, Terry O'Quinn in a battle that we have yet to uh, actually divulge on Movie Dumpster. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he maybe he revs up that fucking chainsaw like Ash Williams. Cuts it right off. Right. Yeah, 25 years. I know. <laughs> Gunner told us about it. And uh, so that hand just wandering around, and eventually that's how Stepfather 4, again... This hypothetical film that has just maybe a, a fucking sentence on a piece of paper uh, happens. Being controlled by Crookshank. I love it. Sign me up. Totally. So then we're, uh, so so Gage's mom pulls up and her boyfriend, his mom is Lonnie Anderson, played, uh, who, who she, and she plays Kathy uh, Dobson. Um, she's in Whisper Kill and she's in a ton of uh, soap opera, soap operas. But I haven't seen any of them. The only movie, the only other thing I've seen her in is Whisper Kill. And then her boyfriend is uh, Dr. Elliot Carlisle, played by Andrew Stevens. Um, and he's her new boyfriend. Uh, and he's in Scared Stiff and The Terror Within. And he's in the second, he's in Munchie Strikes Back. Okay. As Shelby Carlisle. <laughs> okay. So he doesn't play the same character, but he plays the same character. Not gonna lie, got some serious. Fucking Terry Kaiser, Bernie Lomax vibes from this guy. <laughs> With that tracksuit? Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, he, he, here's what I got. Uh, I got vibes that he was the father of Dr. Herbert West, reanimator. Because <laughs> he kind of looks like Jeffrey Combs. You should see him without a mustache, dude. And then as the movie progresses, I'm like, so was he like a doctor who, like, he, like his mental breakdown over this fucking munchy thing, like caused his son to like you know go into this wacko fucking field of science. But does he really actually have a mental breakdown? I mean, we're gonna get to that like towards the end here, but he sure does. But like Crook, just real quick, Cro Crookshanks is talking about him because he works at the university that Crookshank works at, and he tells Gage that he's like. Take this Dr. Kyle Carlisle, for example. He c he injects animals with cancer cells and then cuts them open to find out what killed them. Oh, he's definitely Herbert West's father. <laughs> that makes total sense because he's killing these... He's making an excuse to kill them so he, that he can inject them with reagent. Here, Herbert, shoot your thing in here. <laughs> Overdose, little boy. Um, And, and just to clarify, he is not uh, Herbert West's father. He is Mr. West. Side note, this guy... Andrew Stevens in real life produced uh, the Boon the Boondock Saints. Oh, okay. Now I have now I have grievance with him. <laughs> it's just a weird side 
uh, aside. I'm sure people love that movie, but I just feel like it hasn't held up well at I, all. I used to when I was 16. I don't I don't have grievance with him. I have grievance with that director. Oh sure. I don't even know what he's done. Who is a who is a fuckface? I have no idea what that story is on his ass. Save it for another time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I can't even condense that. <laughs> So he's like, he's like, hey, Gage, how you doing? Uh, uh, I'm going to fuck your mom forever now. I'm going to be a new, <laughs> your new dad. Hey, kid. So either you can be okay with it or we can just be enemies from here on out. What do you say? Puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, hey, I'm going to plow your mom. All right. <laughs> he basically says that. He's like, he's like I'm going to marry your mom and I'm going to fuck her every night. And you're going to have to listen. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a stepdad by Friday. You, you're going to have to listen to me fucking your mom every night now. And you're going to cry yourself to sleep, you little shit. You'll, you'll sleep with your fucking door open. I'm going to have my door open. <laughs> and I'm taking away your Walkman so you can't fucking drown it out. And I want I want the sounds to bounce off those fucking walls right into your fucking room. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is he doesn't have a Walkman yet because he has to first... Uh, have one of these dream sequences where he says, I wish I was dead. Well, yeah, you're jumping the gun because he goes on, like, fucking walkabout first in, like, this, <laughs> like, throughout these, like, fucking fields because he's, his, Elliot's, like, uh, he says all that mean shit and he's, like, he's, like, I'm gonna fuck your mom and then he's, like, but hey, it, you have to be okay with it, buddy. And he's, like, uh, right. yeah, you're a creep and he just, like, walks away. Um, and he's, like, walking through all these fields, like you said, like, Gordy Belcher. And he starts having this daydream, like you said, about uh, being dead. But, like, everybody visits him. He's like, if I was dead, then they'd all be sorry. <laughs> right, right, right. That's what sets it off. J-Love comes up, and she's like, and she's like, oh, I, you know, he, he didn't even speak to me once even. Now I can't even talk to him ever. And then Ashton and Leon come up, and Ashton's like, oh, uh, sorry for being such a dreadful puke. Maybe I got an inferiority complex. And then the fucking football kid, Leon, comes up. He's like, I threw the lunch tray against the wall, and now he's dead. <clears throat> so everybody's coming up to him, and like, and like Sean said, his mom comes up lastly, and she's like, oh, here's that Walkman you wanted for your birthday. Oh, yeah, and, and, and even uh, Kazuma Kuwabar comes up there screaming <laughs> while there's a bunch of people holding him back, wondering why he had to die when he did. He wanted to keep fighting him every day, get strong, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> so, so he sits up, he's like, oh, thanks, Mom, and fucking... Angus Scrim is the is boy. <laughs> yeah, he's tall man and around. He's like, I'm sorry, sir. You have to be quiet. You are dead after all. He's like, Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh my god, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, man. Here's here's the thing. I was this movie. This movie ended. The credits are rolling by, and the and like they keep showing the actors' names and like like a little quick still of them, and then right at the end it says Angus Scrim. I was like, Where the fuck was he? <laughs> funeral guy i'll be perfectly honest usually that kind of stuff i will double check before recording but just uh i was going you know fucking trying to get this uh <laughs> robo jocks episode done no sure and uh did totally miss that one no sweat did plenty of research for you thank you filled that hole in my memory <laughs> <laughs> I was I was kind of hoping that he would say something a little more like on the nose, or he was like the funeral's about to begin. <laughs> Just throws one of those metal things with the razor blades coming out of it. <laughs> the, yeah, the fucking balls. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's again like he's in the second movie as Kronos, the the keeper of time. Right. Okay, it's all starting to make sense now in my head. So. Gage uh, snaps out of his daydream and comes across this fucking abandoned mine shaft that's really poorly uh, boarded up. I'm pretty sure there's a boombox in there with a genie living inside. <laughs> it's right next to it's like adjacent to the to Munchie's box. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. 
He picked up the wrong container, unfortunately. Exactly. Well, Munchie got to him first because he started talking to him. Right, yeah. He he, pu- he pulled the old Lubden trick. He just he pulled you in with his beautiful voice. <laughs> so Gage goes into this fucking mine shaft entrance, and uh, he's like, oh, I wish I was dead. And he's like, and then Munchie starts talking to him, and he's like, where the fuck is that voice coming from? He's like, he's like, is there like cameras or some shit? Am I on one of those hidden camera shows? And Dom DeLuise is like, yeah, there's no special effects or nothing. He's like, it's just me inside this box. Let me out, would you? Get this damn four-leaf cover off the top of my container. I can't move. <laughs> so Gage ends up letting him out, and he makes this like extravagant like appearance. There's like fucking sparklers going off, and he starts singing "Hello, my baby." Uh, right here yep. is when I wanted to just like bite down on my desk and hope that someone would kick me in the back of the head. Um, <laughs> it's like I was like, "Are we already resorting to the fucking dancing frog?" Like we started with the dancing yeah. frog. Oh yeah. Well, to get it out of the way, you know. <laughs> Here's my worst bit. <laughs> they never knew they'd be able to compete with John Hurt, but you know they they wanted to get that gag in there. Well, he's constantly like Munchie's constantly saying throughout the movie, like I gotta update my material. This kid's not thinking any of my jokes are funny. So uh, right, right before he lets him out, though, he's like, he's like, hey kid, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm your new friend. Why don't you just open up the box? That's the moment where you turn around and walk out of the fucking mine shaft. Right. Absolutely. So now Munchie's loose, and he and uh, <laughs> that's putting it lightly. Yeah. So so Gage like just fucking splits after he's doing the fucking after he does a singing bit. He's like, this is too weird even for me. Goes home, and he's like, "Mom, I saw this fucking creature in a box." And she's like, "Gage, shut the fuck up." She's like, you, you, "I told you not to come home after after dark. Now go the fuck upstairs. You get no dinner. Good night." There were sparklers. I, you know, <laughs> I just the the image of fire has been burned into my brain since then. A fat Italian comedian was singing at me. Remember that one episode of Looney Tunes where someone finds a frog in the box beneath the construction site? Oh, that's a fucking classic episode, <laughs> though, man. That's my one of my favorite cartoons. It's Michigan J, baby. She, her mom's just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> Like, you've been watching too much cartoons. Go upstairs. So he goes upstairs to his room, and Munchie's, like, fucking all sat up, like, got the pillows all up on all up on the bed behind him, propping himself up. He's kicking it, dude, watching TV. And he's got his leather jacket on now. He's like, what are you doing here, Munchie? And he's like, he's like, I, oh, he doesn't even know his name yet. He's like, he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I was waiting for you, uh, watching TV. Remember when I invented this? Oh, yeah, that's his famous line, everything in the movie he invented. Yeah. He goes, uh... Yeah, my name would be too complicated for you, so uh, you could just call me Munchie. Which is pretty interesting, because they don't really delve into his backstory too much, uh, and I kind of like that. No, just that he's been around since the creation of the Earth, Yeah, clearly. or even before that. He says his name, and, like, Gage's, like, fucking skin melts off his face. Oh, man, you think? Like, it's like, it's like an, Eldr- it's an Eldritch horror, yeah. He, he just goes love Kratian mad, like, instantly. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, his fucking hair turns white and shit. I was sculpted by the original Titans of the world <laughs> in a uh, dark pit at the bottom of a volcano, uh, using some uh, demonic energy to, uh, cr- y- you know, get the soul out of the ether put into this uh, frame, if you will. He's like the old one's platypus <laughs> creation, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. <laughs> They're like, I don't know why the fuck we made this, but we did. Yeah, there's no way no meaning and logic behind it. All right, I'm going to sleep under the ocean. Wake me up soon. We, we gave him a leather jacket. <laughs> Like, you know this guy was parading around in a toga for a few centuries. Oh, my God. Azathoth, help me. <laughs> every every ancient evil endor god is like, Munchie! Oh, God. <laughs> he who shall not be named. Don't say his name in this mountain! So he basically explains to Gage that, like, yeah, don't, yeah, you can just call me Munchie. And he's like, how the fuck did you get here? He's like, ah, you know, I'm magic or whatever. 
And the audience goes, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Charles Band. Okay, sure. So mom comes in and uh, he disappears and she's like, oh, I bought, I bought you some leftovers. Uh, after you eat that, uh, go to bed. Bye. Munchie fucking pops back into frame and she's like, wait a second. He's like, why did you disappear? Where'd you go? Uh, he's like, and he's just like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't want your mom to see me or whatever. Eh, it's a trope in every one of these movies, so <laughs> how, to, how to just do it? I'm uh, I'm not really a nice guy. Yeah, they got to think you're crazy. And besides, when your mom wakes up with a jewelry missing and the food in the refrigerator ripped up, it's gonna be your fault, not mine. So get me? Yeah, I'm really here for me. I'm not here for you. Well, do you have any wishes, by the way? You know, I can't do exactly <laughs> yeah. what Kazam could have done for you, but I can kind of get close. He gets right. He cuts right to the chase. He's just like, yeah, so I help. I dazzle. I make better. What can I do for you, kid? Ask me for whatever you want. He goes, oh, I wish I was dead. And he's like pumping the shotgun <laughs> ready to fire. Well, maybe not. I, I was kind of kidding about that. Again, his skin melts off the whole nine. I wish I was dead. Say no more. And you got it, kiddo. Right away, he's like a fucking gin. Just like, hey, kid, yes. what do you want? What do you desire? And he's like, I t- don't matter. Whatever you want. And like, it's like his pleasure to fucking like grant this kid wishes for whatever reason. What's your pleasure, kid? Hellraiser. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he, he gets him to grant the wishes and then his soul will be his later. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, think that's the, I think that's the plot. He leaves that detail out. End game. Um, just real quick, there is no, there is none of that fucking, uh, afterlife, you have to do good deeds bullshit in this. Like, none of that story exists. It's just Munchie granting wishes because that's what he does. Right. We don't have land of the Munchies. <laughs> yeah. That we need to fly off to at the end. He's basically like a muse, right? With magical powers. Uh, that's how sure. he's described in the, in the film. Um, so Gage is just like, yeah, uh, I want to, I want to fuck the hot girl. I want the bullies to get beat the fuck up. Uh, I need my grades changed. Uh, I need my my stepdad not to become that scumbag and um i'd rather have a pizza than these leftovers gage is kind of a selfish kid um (laughs) do these things for me by magic he didn't think he was actually going to get any of that stuff he's just you know he's just saying it yeah he's uh what's what's the word i'm looking for uh he's brainstorming and this guy's like all right i could do all of that (laughs) yeah He's pro- he's projecting, right? He's like, I'm right, really yeah. upset, and these are all the things I wish were different. And this is where you just find out that while this creature is incredibly powerful, it has its fucking limits, because it does not just create a pizza. Yeah, see, I was just going to say that, too. Like, he doesn't make a pizza. He steals a pizza from, like, four miles away <laughs> and drives it via levitation to his home. In one of the most hilarious fucking POV shots I've seen <laughs> in a very long time as this pizza is okay, first of all it's at a restaurant called Vitoli's that comes up a few times. And uh <laughs> the fucking chef brings this pizza out like it's a freaking like four course uh meal or like a fucking filet mignon. He's like, "Oh, dinner is served." <laughs> this guy who brings this pizza out real quick? The chef is um, the abusive father from Freddy uh, from night from uh, Freddy's Dead. Oh shit! Yeah, he's also in um, Munchie Strikes Back as an umpire. But anyway, okay. Uh, but but he chases this pizza that is now giggling and woofing and walloping, going <laughs> yep 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 yeah uh, with a, with a butcher knife until. <laughs> He gets stopped from chasing it because some police see him running with a butcher knife and arrest him. Yeah, he's running down the street with a meat cleaver, and people are like, holy shit, look out for the flying pizza right. and the fat Italian man with the meat cleaver. And I, I, 
I was already laughing at the ridiculousness of this, but then when the when the cops jumped out and arrested him, I literally just fucking started <laughs> roaring. It's fucking great. It's funny. It's a funny bit. He said there's a pizza in his apartment. <laughs> Um, in regards to the pizza POV shot, it actually reminded me of something that I think people maybe want to check out. There's a music video by Anna Minaguchi called Endless Fantasy, where they actually took a piece of pizza and shot it into the fucking atmosphere and filmed the whole thing from the POV of the pizza slice. Okay. It's really fucking <laughs> cool. Fuck? And then they got in trouble because they're like, the, the cops were like, it's cool you did this, but please don't do it ever again. Um, <laughs> you got to hurt somebody with that pizza. Also, it, I would be remiss to not mention, because he already did come up in this episode, Lou Gossett Jr. did not throw the pizza this time. No. But uh, he uh, he probably would have done a great job of it. Yeah, the I got the pizza guy was spared for this pizza. Right, yeah. He would have been, uh, the, that meat cleaver would have been <laughs> at his neck if, if he was involved. Well, he passed the buck to the to the chef, and he got arrested. So sure, yeah. right. Smart man. There's a there's a shot when this pizza's flying down the... Fu- this is actually the biggest laugh in the movie for me. But the pizza's fucking flying down the road, and it passes right by Crookshanks' window, and he's just looking out the window, and he goes... <laughs> it passes right by him, and he goes, it's possible, and then just closes <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> he's looking through his telescope, and he thinks it's a fucking flying saucer. Oh, it's so... I'm like, that's really funny. Your mom brings you up leftovers because she's, like, kind of pissed at you but, like, feels bad. And you just are like, hey, can I get a magic pizza? And it flies <laughs> into your window and you just, like, start chowing down. There is a cat-looking imp in your fucking room sl- slinging shit like fucking uh, as Dom DeLuise talking about flying pizzas. Uh, sign me up, dude. Hey, uh, you know, you did this with a pizza. I guess I should have said, can you get me some money? <laughs> I need a couple thousand. The bank's right down the street. That comes up in the second film, and he obtains the money the same way he obtains the pizza. So let's, <laughs> so put it that way. Does that have, like, dollar signs on the bags? Uh, no, no, but, like, he like brings he like makes it rain money on their front lawn because the family's like poor or whatever. It really is Kazam. Uh, but like the serial number on the money hasn't even been printed yet, so it gets taken by the Treasury Department so they don't get the money. Oh god. What a fucking living monkey's paw this little ass. Monkey's yeah, paw. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> no dude, like whereas this one's like whimsical and fun and like bad shit happens, but nothing like terrible and everything's kind of redeemed, like that one is just like what the fuck? Like, this is some sad shit. <laughs> it's like all the shit that goes bad, I mean, kind of ends up working out. And he even, like, says it. He's like, yeah, well, all that shit happened, but I guess it worked out, question mark. Well, see you later. Yeah, I won't stick around long enough to see the consequences of this, these decisions. I'll see you in Munchie, Munchie fi- 4. <laughs> 2, 3, 4, I don't know. That movie ends with Angus Grimm showing a picture of Bill Clinton to Munchie, and he's like, here's your new target on Earth to go cheer up or whatever. <laughs> what the fuck? It, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> He's trying to pass health care, universal health care. Help him out. Make sure it bombs. Go ahead. So he eats this pizza. And you find out that, like... Uh, Munchie can also mimic voices and shit. Even if he's not even heard them, I, I think. Not necessarily. I think I feel, I feel like he needs to hear them, no? Okay. I, I don't know. I was a little confused about that when he started impersonating a few people later on. Uh, Well, I'm almost positive he's heard that... Well, we'll get to it. 
so Munchie takes and uh, you know he makes his bed in the in the fucking dresser drawer, and uh, the next morning Gage wakes up and he's not there and he's like, oh man, that was some fucking dream. And then he goes to school. Uh, my my only friend, it must have been a dream. Well, back to that hellhole. Well, it, it kind of makes sense because he's he's always daydreaming, right? So why what is this any different? You know, right? <laughs> and now I've lost the difference between reality and fiction. Isn't that isn't that right, Munchie? <laughs> Ain't that right, Munchie? It's in a straight jacket, and his mom's just, like, crying, looking through the door. Speaking of Munchie, he is now presumably just walking around the school. Uh, no no one noticing him or commenting on that, that this little uh, alien imp is fucking walking around. Oh, he's, he's fucking, he's on the loose, dude. But he also, like, can teleport. As long as he's not trapped inside, oh, that's, we forgot to mention, if he's trapped inside something, he cannot just say Hocus Pocus and escape. He has to be let out. That's why he was trapped in the box. He needs to be either adjacent to like uh, 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 some kind of foliage to block the bottom of his feet or sticking out of a window or a locker or something along those lines. Oh, because yeah, he's a puppet. But yeah, so but he, he can get around just by like in this like little like white ball that flies around. So he gets to school and uh, Ashton and Leon come up to fucking uh, Gage again. And he's like, Lisa, and this is where he's like, hey, listen, man. He's like, stay away from Andrea Kurtz. She's my girlfriend for as long as I want her. And somehow you got appointed as the fucking stagehand at the talent show. Me and Andrea got a scene together. If you fuck it up, Leon's going to break your legs. And they let him go. And he's like, yeah, sure, I got it. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, then Ashton went back to middle school. Yeah. He got back in his car. Yeah. Drove away. <laughs> right. Went across the street. Hey, Gage, I'm, I'm here on my lunch. Yeah. he's The license plate just says Bradster on it. <laughs> Chad. And then uh, that scene that I was uh, alluding to from real life with uh, my former vice principal happens on the uh, proverbial silver screen. Yeah, because, well, first Munchie's like, hey, I'm I'm in school. And he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, we got to do this shit, man, remember? We got to beat up those uh, guys and uh, fix your grades and uh, hook you up with Andrew. What do you say? He's like, well... First of all, he makes a comment about, like, he asks when the cheerleader, like, fucking break is or something like that. Or, like, when's cheerleader, cheerleader practice? Cheerleader practice. Yeah. Um, which is weird, which started to... Munchie's chasing skirt, dude. Which is, which is, uh, started to make me ask, like, who the intended audience for this movie is for. Because right about here, things get oddly pervy. Um, yeah, but it's not, like hand-fisted right i think it's meant in all in good fun but when you sit there like connor is doing right now and think about this creature being eternal and being around since the beginning of time then yeah it's a little creepy (laughs) oh he's been fucking that whole time dude also uh, in the second film it's not subtle at all it's very like there's like a lot of like uh sexual assault and like harassment like directly happening to to people so what do they just go full meet the feebles yeah it's fuck no not with munchie in particular but with elliot or not elliot shelby carlisle but it's the same fucking character um so then yeah so his first his first thing he's gonna do is change uh gage's grade so he goes into the the principal's office and i guess you're right Sean, I don't think he's ever heard the principal's voice, or maybe he has already. I I mean, he hasn't on screen, but we can just assume this thing's been walking around sure. and skittering around, teleporting <laughs> here and there, just sure. listening in on people. In the bathrooms, looking through the vents and stuff, yeah. Right, yeah. No, he's like uh, Dr. Manhattan, who just sees all of time happening all at once, so he can he knows what this guy sounds oh. like. He knows when this guy's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Leaves him a note, don't open till 1985. Here I am on Mars, it's 1986, I'm looking at a picture. <laughs> 
1954, yeah. The picture falls in my hands. It's 1954. <laughs> I'm in the laboratory before the accident. <laughs> so Munchie sticks his head in, and he's and he uses Principal Thornton's voice, and he calls um, the secretary, Miss Laurel, into his office. Now, she's played by Monique Gabrielle, who um, is in a couple other movies, um... Specifically, Evil Tunes, which is basically like a skin flick uh, with cartoon characters. And um, she's also in Bachelor Party and Emmanuel 5, Young Doctors in Love. Um, she's also in Return to Swamp Thing. Uh, but then she's done like a ton of penthouse stuff. So that's kind of, yeah, that's that's her career. So um, so she, so Munchie tricks her and she goes into the principal's office. And again, he has one of these scenes where he's like, he's like, oh, look at this. He's like, he's like, oh, they come a long way since I invented Univac. And he's like, playing with the computer and fucking ends up changing Gage's grades from like uh, like a bunch of D's and a couple of C's to like all A's and shit. Yeah. He, here's how you don't get caught doing that much. You just like increase each grade by like one, not just make them all A's. Yeah, straight A's. Yeah. Like what yeah, the give, fuck, give dude? Him a, give him like a good head start. Don't just fix the fucking problem for him. What's he going to learn from this? Oh, never mind. He blows up a school. <laughs> Well, right. I was going to say, because, you know, the teacher, if they see, like, oh, I was going to give this guy a D, but, oh, maybe it actually came out to a C. Okay, that doesn't really make sense, but sure. But an A? In a week, right? Like, right before the report card drops, he fixes his grade to an A? Right, yeah. Fucking Mr. Mister Meeseeks is more of a helping hand than this guy actually is. <laughs> <laughs> well, because then he goes and... Uh, he fixes this grade, and then we cut to the principal's office, and him and this secretary are starting to get hot and heavy. They sure are. Putting it lightly a little bit. Ace Mask, adultery specialist. Ace Mask. Um, <laughs> when you, uh, when you, agent of Cobra, um, <laughs> when you attempt to, like, really, really sanitize, like, dirty talk, the worse it sounds, and the dirtier it sounds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, this is one of my favorite bits from the movie, only because of the callbacks later. Sure. Because Munchie goes in there and turns on their intercom. Yeah, the PA system to the entire school. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, they're like, they're like, oh, yes, hello, cuddle pillow, and whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this fucking, st- like, silly ass, like... Snow bunny. Yes, pet names that just, like... That make your skin crawl probably worse if they were talking with, like, real foul language. Lovey lumps, poopsy doodle. But you're also hearing them, like, kiss each other. It's all sloppy and and wet. Angel thighs is the big (laughs) one. Oh, yeah. And you know, they they call each other Snooky Poo and and Snooky Poo and Bunny Cakes. The the hills have angel thighs. Oh yeah, man, the hills have angel thighs for sure. <laughs> Put your face right between them. And then the only teacher that seems to work here, uh, you know, the teacher of Gage's class, is like listening to this with the students. Is like, okay, uh, take your test and don't do anything else. I'll be right back. <laughs> This is one of those scenes that I was talking about, like in the Willies. Yeah, as yeah, soon yeah, as the yeah. teacher leaves, everybody starts throwing paper airplanes and shit. Everyone pulls out their pre-equipped spitballs and, like, yeah, the paper airplanes <laughs> they folded before class started, and like the wads of paper. They're like, "All right, she's gone. Battle." Gage is in his classroom, so there's like no, there's no possible way he could have fucking done this. But anyway, right? He get a, he gets a couple wasps right to the back of the neck right as soon as this teacher leaves, mm-hmm. and uh, she she bursts into the room, and the principal's like, "Oh, oh." Doesn't somebody get a little privacy around here? One does knock before entering my office. And she's like, yeah, well, I think that's thrown out the window. He's like, yeah, your fucking public address system's on, dumbass. And he's like, what? (laughs) Every word we said. And in his head, he's like, that damn gauge. Yeah, right? Like, it's that kid's fault. How did he do that? 
Apparently, he's like Nightcrawler. He can just poof in and out, according to this guy. Yeah, but, well, Munchie can. This, this isn't a school for mutants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to send him to fucking uh, Roland School from yesterday's Target. Yeah, there you go. Somehow, this guy doesn't get fired, by the way, nor, nor does the secretary. Just wanted to put that out there. He's the principal. It's fucking... It's 1993. Nobody gives a shit. Or 1992, I, I, rather. I, I guess. It's, uh, it's 1992 in the same town that 13 Reasons Why takes place in, so accountability is at zero. <laughs> it always has been. <laughs> I would say, hey, who's who's judging? But they make a huge point out of how it's adultery, and, and then it, these, these two people are seen together in a few scenes later, that, which I kind of found hilarious. It's also one of those things, too, where it's like not on the nose. I mean, who knows? These, this guy could be single, and so, she, so could she, but it's... It's pre- it's played for adultery, and again, like in the second sure. movie, there are there is no subtlety with it. It's just like, hey, my wife's out of town with my kid, and your 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 husband's dead, so let's fuck. It's like fucked up, dude. <laughs> got you, got you. So, uh, so yeah, then we cut to the showers after gym class or whatever, and uh, Gage runs into um, Leon Daggett, who's the who's the who's the other who's the bully who's like on the football team, the jock douchebag. Dude, he whips him good. Oh, he sure does. I I, I kind of love this scene because like I always I always play these scenarios in my head. Like when I was a kid, like yeah, I like to fucking whip this asshole's ass. Sure, still doing that today. Yeah, still think about it. So Munchie's like, hey, we're gonna help you fucking beat these kids up. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, shut the fuck up. So he slams the thing, and like Leon walks up to him and he's like, hey, you little shit. Oh no, he slaps him in the ass with a fucking towel. Like a towel whips him in the ass. Oh yeah, he whips him. Mm-hmm. Whips it good. It's like, what'd you do that for? Because I wanted to. What's it to you, Dobson? I'm actually a homosexual, and uh, I'm I'm still in the closet. But oh my god, this is thirteen reasons why. Well, that's that. Is that the undertones? <laughs> they definitely have undertones of that in the oh, scene for sure. So Munchie starts mimicking Gage from the fucking locker, and he's like, he's like. He's like, I didn't think you did anything without asking your boyfriend first. He's like, what was that? He's like, why don't you just shut up, man? And then they keep going back and forth, and Munchie's like, you kiss ass, you fucking stooge. And then he finally goes after Gage. And Munchie, like, hits him in the face with the locker room, with the locker door, and then, like, pushes a bucket on his head, and he, like, falls backwards, and he, like, throws soap under his foot, and he, like, like breaks his back. I I love when the 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 fucking the garbage pail goes over his head because he's like I'm blind. I can't see. I'm like oh he's a he's a Skyrim NPC. You just put a basket over their head. They don't know anything <laughs> that's going on around them. I don't want to know what was in that bucket. Yeah. <laughs> it blinded him. Whatever it was. Munchy piss was in that bucket, dude. <laughs> yeah. Lubden juice. Yeah. Lubd little Lubden juice. Little fucking Munchy piss. It it's all my saliva. It's corrosive. That's why he went blind, man. Dude, if this thing bites you, you think you turn into a munchie? I would fucking shoot myself before I found out. Holy shit. Oh, man, munchie four? <laughs> you don't want to wait. <laughs> so, Leon's all fucked up, and he gets him, he's like, I'm gonna kill you. And he goes over to Gage, and fucking, he gives him the fucking falcon uppercut. He f- hits him with a, with a fucking sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger! Well, the whole thing is munchie... Munchie says, well, you got to handle the rest, kid. I ain't doing the whole thing for you. And that that's when he punches the hell out of this bullet. Yeah. He's like, I've even the playing field. I've given you the power of the dragon punch. Whoopsie. Into a fucking, into a fucking towel bin. That then rolls into the showers and the showers just turn on and, you know, presumably waterboard this poor kid. Well, because Pennywise is clearly in there waiting to consume his soul. <laughs> 
Pennywise came through the drain and was like, how you doing, Leon? Come here, you he little... He was like, he's like, thanks, Gage. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks, Munchie, because, you know, they no, they go way back. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Gage is yeah. like Henry Bowers now. That is a visual. Pennywise gives Munchie, like, that like that, that two-finger salute, like, hey, and then just, like, take takes the fucking bully. <laughs> but again, like... Munchie like sacrifices to 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 Pennywise. He's like, here, there you go. Now you right. you, you leave this dimension alone for now. Now leave it. Leave this fucking school alone. This one's mine. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, James Karen from fucking the Willies as the janitor is oh, probably no! also doing the same thing, killing all those kids. It's really a donation to uh, Pennywise so he can survive another twenty two years. That's what it is, man. So you think like James Karen, Pennywise, and and Munchie are all fighting for the different schools, huh? You know, maybe eating all those kids. It's a territory dispute. I can believe it. It gets hairy, you know. They get they get they got to ration out the different uh, uh, boundaries and shit like that. Sometimes they do it to retain their own territory, and sometimes they do it just to appease their enemies. You stay out of Derry, you fuck. And then the, uh, the the gym coach comes in. He's like, "Wow, Gage, I'm sure I'm I know he had it coming, but you sure killed that kid." <laughs> yeah. Well, because they they have this whole joke where you just think it's Gage and uh, the bully, and then when he gets his ass handed to him, you it, the camera pans to the left, and all these kids were watching it go down. They're suddenly kids, and then Michael. Bean stunt double comes in I, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, Gage, I, we gotta talk." I called him Buff Emilio Estevez. Oh, I, I was, you know what? It's funny you said that because I had Emilio Estevez <laughs> and then I changed it to Michael Bean. He's like, "I know you're defending yourself, but you killed that kid." Yeah, now what am I gonna do about my football team? You wanna, you wanna play even though you're like fucking five feet shorter than he is? Okay. So then we cut to the fucking talent show, and now we're kind of rounding out the bases, right? <laughs> Yeah, we, t- yeah. we, t- we took care of the grades. We took care of Leon Daggett. Now we're and we took care of the principal. Now we're fucking gonna take care of Ashton. Hey Gage, uh, just kind of stand there holding this rope for the next five minutes. <laughs> I'll do all the work. Munchie claims that like he helped William Shakespeare like write. He yeah helps. He basically implies he wrote all of Shakespeare, and then William would have been a l- been lost without him. Yeah, he was like, Billy Shakespeare wouldn't have done shit if I wasn't there to write all his plays for him. He couldn't even do his grocery list without my help. So is Munchie confirming the conspiracy theory that William Shakespeare never existed? <laughs> it's possible. It was Munchie. I-, I was waiting for Munchie to admit that he helped Leonardo da Vinci draw that helicopter blueprint. Listen, it's possible. If he invented the computer and the automobile, as we find out... <laughs> Right, right. Like, guys, this is the quest of the Delta Knights when Leonardo da Vinci just steals his ideas from everything in a fucking cave. Why did Atlantis disappear off the map? Munchie. Munchie. What happened to Atlantis? A banger. That's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) We had some party that night. Let me tell you something. Sank the whole fucking city. The Red Wedding? Munchie. (laughs) (laughs) He told the Lannisters about the wedding. So there's like this chick like playing a fucking uh, accordion on stage. It's supposed to be a gag, and um, she gets off. Except it's actually pretty good. It's it's funny, you know, or whatever. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Principal Thornton walks up and he's like, he's like, okay, that was great or whatever. And then you hear this kid <laughs> off in the fucking background. He's like, hey, Snooky Poo, have body cakes. And that shit's fucking so funny to me, dude. Yep. Every time I laugh, it's like, hope we never part. Now get it right or pay the price. A, li- a little less noise there. So then we uh, cut to this Romeo and. Juliet balcony scene, which for those that don't know, is like the kissing scene. Yeah, the big the big one. And as Ashton is like reciting the play, Munchie's doing everything literally doing everything that he's saying through through light, which uh yonder window breaks and he like throws a fucking lamp through a window and he's like <laughs> and he's like yep. 
He's like, uh, and kill the envious moon, and he fucking cuts the moon, and it falls and breaks. Oh, right, right. And the whole time, this Ashton kid's, like, freaking out, and he keeps, like, looking back at Gage, but Gage is in the exact same position he has been the entire time, so he can't, like, call him on it. But, like, how could he have done any of that? I don't know, but Principal Thornberry, he, uh, <laughs> he's got, he's got questions. <laughs> Principal Thornberry. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it was. Oh, Gage, I'd say you have ruined the last play. <laughs> oh, Kipper Snacks. Then Munchie's like eating a fucking banana, throws a banana peel on the floor, and this kid yeah. slips and falls on it. Breaks his ass like Kelsey Grammer walking off the stage. Then like right before he goes up to kiss Andrea, like for the final scene, Munchie like telekinetically pulls this kid's pants down in front of the whole auditorium. Yeah. Like the ultimate fucking embarrassment in high school. And then like he doesn't he doesn't reach down and pull them back up. He just stands there like mouth open, shocked. Yeah. This is gonna kill my reputation. <laughs> this is irreversible. <laughs> Jennifer Love Hugh is laughing at him. Uh good thing he wasn't wearing tights, because that would have uh shown even more. Yeah, you're telling me. He's wearing like <laughs> overly lo- like like ridiculously large like boxer shorts. <laughs> Hey, wear these uh, comedy prop uh, underpants. It'll come. In, it'll be important later. Shocked they weren't polka dotted. Yeah, right. Well, they're striped, right? Yeah, right. And the entire time, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is like laughing her ass off at this yeah. guy. So that even like you know that's the cherry on top. Oh no, my relationship is falling apart. It already was, buddy. And then the principal uh, runs over to Gage and he's like, he's like, God, oh, close the curtain. And he's like, yeah, but the play's not done yet. He's like, close the damn curtain. <laughs> He's like, I don't know how you did it, Gage, but you 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 arranged that incident in my office where I was fucking my secretary. You changed your grades. You beat up Le- Leah. You beat up Leon Daggett, and now this. He's like, I don't know how you did it, but I know you fucking did it. And when I know how you did it, I'm gonna prove it, and you're gonna be suspended forever, expelled. I say, I'm gonna find your fairy godparents. <laughs> fairy godparents, Munchie. <laughs> As he's saying that, Munchie pushes this bucket of uh, blood off the, <laughs> off the side, and it lands on him and just covers him in pig guts. Oh, man, he goes crazy. He starts fucking locking all the doors with his mind, burning everybody inside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Prismal Thornton goes full carry. Starts floating around, firing off fucking laser beams. I, I, I've been pushed by you little shits for the last time. So Gage has had enough of Munchie at this point. He's like, look, man, he's like, you tried to help me, and you fucked everything up, so... We're done. It's that part in this kind of movie that we've already covered many times. Oh, yeah. Where the kid's like, fuck you. <laughs> you, you. You know, you fucking, you tried to help me and you fucked everything up, so goodbye. Right. He ends up he ends up leaving and, like, bringing uh, Munchie's box to, Cru- to Crookshank's house. And he's like, hey, Crookshank, I, I got this fucking thing for you. Uh, can you check it out for me? He's like, oh, Gage, what are you schlepping in here? Let me see this thing. And he's like, oh. <laughs> He's like, oh, don't don't move, don't breathe. He goes and gets this giant fucking tome. Again, I wish I had this guy's house. I wish I was this guy. He opens it up, and there's like this all this like lore about this fucking creature, i.e. Munchie. Yeah, they show like all these like famous old like fucking uh, art paintings and wall paintings and stuff, and like from Aborigines hieroglyphics. And it's like the, just Munchie's inserted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Munchie's just inserted into each scene. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> He's like, "Oh no, you bring Munchie demon. We hear stories of him in Gulag." Do 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 you know what you found? He's he's older than that. He's older than time itself. Yeah. He's basically yeah again like he's he's basically Elmer without the addictive drug inside his body, right? Sure. He is he is the first known instance of a speedster. He's the first man to have access to speed force. <laughs> he kills whole goddamn uh uh civilizations completely wiped out for fun. Speedsters call him Savitar. 
I call him Death. <laughs> but you can call him Munchie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what Gage says. <laughs> he goes by Munchie, by the by the way. No living person has ever seen Savitar. Consider yourself dead. There's such a weird thing here, because Gage is like, he keeps calling me Pal. Like, that's weird or something. And Crookshank's like, Pal, that is very... It's like a revelation for some reason. Yeah, he he's blown away by any little fucking tidbit that this yeah. kid's giving him on this creature. So Gage is like, yeah, well, whatever. You can keep it and study it. If he wants it back, I'll send him over. All right, bye. And he's like, okay. Ah, uh, Jesus, I have like one to two or three million questions I could ask this fucking thing. Like, does he poop? <laughs> Where does he poop from? Where does it go? What do you consume? How do you reproduce? How'd you do in that box for 23 years without consuming anything? And no toilet. He opens He opens a box. He's like, oh, no, no toilet. Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, never mind. He created like a void within the box, but he still can't get out of the box. It's just a big box inside, like TARDIS or something. Could be. Or, or he's eating his own feces. Like, I don't know. It's it's either or. Yeah, he's got that shitting grin, dude. Maybe. <laughs> so, so, uh, so we cut back to Gage's house, and he gets home, and his mom's like all dressed up, and she's like making dinner. And he's like, hey, you haven't made dinner since dad was here. And she's like, yeah. Don't expect it often, because I'm not going to do it again, ever. It's my second month anniversary with uh, Lomax. <laughs> They've only fucking been dating for two months. Elliot comes in, and uh, Gage is there, and, and Mom walks in. She's like, I'll be right back. I'm going to baste the chicken. And uh, Elliot gets there, and he's like, he's like, he's like, hey, kid, listen, I'm going to propose to your mom, so don't you fuck this up. You get me, kid? And guess what? When your mom comes back in here, you're going to say you're not hungry. You're going to go upstairs and leave us the fuck alone. Also, I'm really happy she brought the girls tonight. <laughs> <laughs> because she walks into this fucking, this dinner date in her house uh, in a dress that is pushing those things way the fuck up. Oh, <laughs> She is boobing hard, man. M mind you, he also previously had mentioned this engagement to Gage about how he was taking her out to propose to her, and now they're just at their house eating. Which I guess is like a minor detail, but it's just of note. He fucking tells him, he's just like, I'm gonna be your new dad whether you like it or not, you little fuck. And if you don't like it, I'm gonna make sure to be extra loud when it uh, comes to the uh, lovemaking. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put a baby monitor in the room. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it earlier. You know, he's putting that music on loud. I'm a rich man, Gage. I'm gonna put video feed right to your fucking television. I'm gonna put it on your fucking ceiling. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna project it on every wall in your room so you can't wake up. You can't anywhere you look. You're gonna see my dick inside your mother. And surprisingly, she's okay with it. <laughs> he puts him in the fucking Clockwork Orange chair. Oh my. Wow, this is a, a really uh, perverse thing he's putting this child through, and the mother is totally okay with it, apparently. <laughs> I, fu I fucking hate you, Gage, okay? If I could kill you with my bare hands, I would. <laughs> that's like this guy's end goal, because that's all he keeps talking about to this kid. He's like, I'm going to, your mom and me, we're going to be together with a, no matter what, and you're going to see me penetrate her, you fuck. And then after a while, when I get bored with torturing you, you're going to have an accident. <laughs> <laughs> And Munchie overhears all this and is like, okay, yeah, this guy's got to go, right? In the second movie, it's implied he go he goes to this, not implied, they straight up tell you, he goes to this guy who replaces Crookshank, and he's just like this fucking, uh, this weird, like, dude who has this shop, this, like, old magician guy or whatever, and it's kind of the same setup, but he's not, like, an archaeologist, and he sounds like fucking Peter Lorre, and he's like, I, he's like, I remember you when you were a kid, 
and you ask me for a a, a, a poison dagger to, to kill your third grade teacher. And he's like, he's like, yeah, that was me. I remember. Don't now look, I took pictures of this fucking munchie thing. I'll sell it to you for twenty five thousand dollars or some shit. It's fucking weird. Anyway. Huh. Uh, no, that wasn't me with the poison dagger. It must have been some other child that m- killed Miss Daisy. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> He's like, I, my wife's anniversary's coming up. I'm going to stab her with it. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a fucking weird movie. So Munchie, uh, you know, overhearing all this and also Gage's previous comment to be rid of this dude, uh, just starts fucking with him during this dinner. Hardcore. Operation Dinner Storm. He's uh, basically doing what the uh, pygmy dinosaurs did to to to, to uh, Uncle Hal in Prehistoria Three to this guy. Oh yeah, I think it's so funny too because Lonnie Anderson like makes a comment. She's like, she's like, don't get used to me cooking for you because I only do this once every leap year. And I'm like, do. So what? Do you just like order out all the time? I don't I don't get it. Anyway, <laughs> I only cook a meal every 4, maybe 5 years. Usually it's just cereal and oatmeal. He's not marrying her for the fucking meals. <laughs> no, he's marrying her for the boobs and the house. <laughs> just to torture the kid, just to torture yeah. the kid. Oh yeah, of course, that too. <laughs> So, so Munchie like levitates this bottle of champagne he's got and fucking oh, and shakes, shakes it, up. it up. Yeah, shakes it up. <laughs> I kind of love that. Yeah, this these are pretty good gags too because like he puts on he like lowers the lights and like puts on like some romantic music and like Munchie like keeps like bringing the lights up and then like changing the romantic music to like the fucking like the marches like the yeah. And then mom comes in and is like, oh, I didn't know you loved this kind of music. He's like, I don't. It was an accident. I don't. Your fucking stereo's broken. He, he like, goes to fucking uh, sit down, and he's like, he's like, you know, these past two months uh, have been so great. I remember the first time we met, and you, your beauty could have knocked me off my feet. And then fucking, like, Munchie, like, pulls the chair out, and he falls on his ass. It's a pretty good gag. I thought it was funny. Yeah. No, I laugh really hard on that one. And then he goes and grabs the champagne bottle, and I'm already laughing because I remember what just happened. Because <laughs> you know it's coming. And he opens this thing after he's like, he's like, oh, you know, I should stand to open this anyway. And aims it directly at his shirt, pulls off the cork, and it just sprays all over him. Fucking Three Stooges music starts playing. This guy's great. The drinks are on him. Right before he does that, Mom's like, oh, no, I know I respect you. I would never laugh at you when that happens, and she's, like, trying not to crack up. Dude, like, three every time she's laughing at this douchebag. She's just laughing at his weird mustache. And then he gets, like, a little closer and is, like, kind of fixing the problem that this dinner has turned into so far. And then Munchie's like, well, can't have that. Sticks a lit match in his shoe. Oh, happy birthday. And he fucking lights his foot on fire. Right before that, Munchie steals his wallet from his Oh, coat. yeah. That becomes important. <laughs> it becomes important. Just put a pin in that. He has, like, Beetlejuice energy by the end of this exchange because he's just trying to get this fucking dinner going and everything is stopping him. So, and he's just like, he might as well be just, like, having that fit where he's like, just say it! He- <laughs> He's he's gonna propose this woman, and they've only been seeing each other for two months. It's it's uh he he how to Howard is like what maybe he's like his cousin or something like that. <laughs> so the match burns down to his foot, and he starts screaming and freaking out. See Beetlejuice. <laughs> he's like what's he's like what's wrong? I heard screaming. He's like nah, everything's wrong, you motherfucker. He's like you smart Alec punk. You, you look what you did. And his mom's like, what are you talking about? Like he's been in his room the whole time. 
He's like, I don't know how you did it, but I know you did. He, I don't know where he picked this up. It must have been like a decoration or something, but he has this thing that looks like a paddle that he is like clearly going to beat this kid with that he's like swinging back and forth against his other hand. He's like, there's only one thing he's going to understand. This is I smack him with this fucking rug beater or whatever it is. I was watching this with my girlfriend and she goes, wow, this guy, he's a piece of shit. He showed his true colors. And then I'm like, yeah, didn't he? One minute later. Yeah, you want to go out to dinner? Okay. <laughs> Listen, let me take you out. I, you know what? I, 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 I was. I, I shouldn't have yelled at him. I'm sorry. Let's go out to eat. Fuck this shit. I, I basically threatened to smack him, but okay. <laughs> I shouldn't have made a veiled threat against his physical safety. You want to go to dinner? <laughs> well, I shouldn't have didn't in front of you because uh, I'm saving that for later. Yeah, I'm gonna beat the tar out of this kid later on. So Munchie sees this as a success, but like. As far as Gage is concerned, like, they're leaving and still going on a date, so right. nothing really mattered from that whole altercation. Nothing nothing carried over. Gage is basically like, oh, yeah, y- yeah, she probably won't wear- marry him now, but at what cost? Like, he blamed it on me. He's like, he's like, Gage, don't ask for anything unless you really want it, and unless you're ready to take the fucking fall for everything that I've done for you. By the way, uh, she's going to be gone for, what, two, three hours? I think that's enough time to have a massive party. Where we're having a band, and we're, like, bringing in... <laughs> People from all over the place. A band that he does a Jack Nicholson impression of to get to fly out there on a favor. It's so good because he starts. I love this part because now he's on the fucking phone, right? And he's really taking advantage of the fact that he can like mimic people. He he also has this guy's credit cards from stealing his wallet. Yes. So first he's Gage and he calls Andrea Kurtz. He's like he's like hey uh, hey Jennifer Love Hewitt want to come over for a party? Yeah, sure you can bring your dad. All right, here's my address. <laughs> Yeah, bring your dad because you're the only other child here. Yeah, it's well, yeah. Um, and then he fucking he put then he poses as Elliot and he's like he's like hey Saul, uh, can you uh, shoot the works? We're having a party at fucking Kathy Dobson's place. Uh, Price is no object. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's a great right. gag. I know it's only a two-bedroom, one-story. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Give me the longest, fattest, media sub you can get. <laughs> <laughs> I want the superhero, please. Uh, and then he uses this fucking card, and he pretends to be Jack Nicholson. He's like, he's like, hey, Hugh, this is Jack. Yeah, I'm out promoting my latest party, in, or my latest picture, and I want to throw a little party. And he's like, you think you can airlift some girls for me? A band, too. Yeah, sure, why not? I love Mr. Moderation and Bob Sheridan and fucking Fred Olin Ray playing piano. The amount of time that it gets him to set this all up has got to be, what, hour? Uh, yeah, it seems like a half hour that everything is there and popping. Right, and then people still need to get there. Mind you, in a two to three hour window that mom is going to be back by. It is, it's it's like the fucking movie Project X. Like, this all, like, just escalates in like zero minute in zero time. I mean, I guess that is the joke. Like, Joe was kind of setting up where Munchie is saying, like, yeah, you know, own the consequences, but uh, I'm going to throw this massive party and just not take any of the consequences for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, this? You're taking the fall for this, too, Gage. <laughs> By the way... I don't like you very much. <laughs> I can't wait to watch and eat popcorn while you Elliot fucks your mom and you have to watch. And then he beats the fucking skin off your ass. <laughs> I'm not a good guy. <laughs> God, Munchie's like sitting there in the corner with a box of popcorn. Oh my goodness. <laughs> He's throwing a couple at Lonnie Anderson. Oh boy. I'm the villain of this movie. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Can you imagine this thing squeezing between Lonnie Anderson's tits? <laughs> oh, my oh my god. god. <laughs> Losing my fucking mind on this. So <laughs> whew, So um uh, 
So this party gets well underway, and um, Gage is like, what the fuck is that noise? He runs downstairs, and there's just, like, a huge party happening. Right. Flashbacks to House 2 again. Yeah. How does he not hear a party being prepared, let alone one just happen? I think when the band starts playing, it really it really kicks into gear, because he's, like, listening to headphones or some shit. Oh, boy, this band. Uh, Dude, okay. So I love this band, and this, this is how I found out about it. It's called They're called Mr. Moderation? headed by Bob Sheridan, and I believe the guy who scored the film, uh, Chuck Serino, is in it, and, um, I don't know, you can find their whole fucking discography (laughs) of one album on YouTube, and it's pretty great. What? Yeah, I kind of love it. So they're there, and Gage is walking around like, holy shit, my mom's gonna fucking beat the piss out of me. And the principal's there with uh, the secretary, and he's like, he's like, Gage Dobson. He's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I live here. He's like, oh no shit. Yeah. He's like, oh, you, you throw a pretty good party. He's like, hey, I tell you what, I'll take back those two extra, twenty extra hours of study hall. Monique Gabrielle's like, oh, and the two demerits. Yeah, just don't tell anybody I was here, cause uh, this, uh, this is, this would look really bad. My wife's gonna be pissed. I- I'm at a student's house where there's kegs and uh, beer all over the place. <laughs> the kids really like. In middle school, but uh, yeah, college party essentially. Otherwise, in a in a small town where everyone probably knows each other. Please don't tell anybody. Everyone, you know, there's obviously minus here, and obviously my secretary is. So just why don't we keep this hush hush? Meanwhile, Munchie is just like pumping the keg on the side. <laughs> Gage walks up. He's like, he's like, Munchie, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, Hey, Gage, what's your pleasure? Want some beer, kid? <laughs> and then and then uh. Jennifer Love Hewitt and her father walk in, and, and he's like, oh, great to have you. And Dad's just like, oh, oh, wow, look at this party, huh? Something else. Side note real quick, her dad in this film is in the second movie as the treasury guy who hooks up with the new kid's mom. Okay, so a little foreshadowing in a way. Fucking weird. It's fucking weird, and apparently he's like, oh, I had a friend Munchie when I was a kid. Uh, I know the same same Munchie you're talking about. And it's like, What? The fuck are you talking about? And then the movie just kind of ends. So he pulled a he pulled a lawnmower man and just like got a new family. Pretty much, he stepfathered right <laughs> into that shit. He's another one undercover. There's like a little scene here too on the side, like where this drunk guy's like going to use the bathroom and he opens it up and Munchie's taking a piss. Yeah, he's like he's like going to take a piss and he's like he's like hey hey what you don't you knock first and he's like he's like oh Jesus Christ he's like he's like it's okay it's okay. I feel a draft. And specifically, this guy is dressed up like he's at a wedding and is just plastered because he sh- he shows up a few times, like, walking around yelling, like, oh, yeah, isn't this a great party? Because the uh, the dinner date breaks down because uh, mom eventually is just, like, not buying this guy's shit anymore. Not buying this guy's shit. She's she's like, yeah, you know, Elliot asked her to marry him, and, and she's like, yeah, I'm not ready to make that commitment. Right. And he's like, he's like, I don't think you know what you want. He's like, time's running out, babe. I got power and prestige. And he, let me tell you something, 30-something divorcees are a glut on today's market. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, dude. And let me tell you one other thing. I helped bring, I helped put a human brain in a mechanical body and created a T-Rex. <laughs> I'm a hot commodity. My son is doing revolutionary things at Miskatonic University, all right? <laughs> He's bringing the dead back to life. And we're making, we're putting brains in fucking robots. Robot dinosaurs. What's your kid doing? He's failing every fucking subject. Stupid <laughs> bastard. I'm going to make him suffer. He had to pay some mole person to go in and change the grades for him. <laughs> some mole person. Some fucking pixie with a pizza. So she's like, yeah, take me home. Pretty much. She's like, this date's over. And he's like, fine. He's like, oh, I always pay for the date. 
And he's like, oh, shit, I don't have my wallet. <laughs> so, yeah, then he looks like a real schmuck in front of her and the waiter. Real fucking douchebag. And uh, his luck doesn't get any better. No. So they so they, uh, so they, they drive back to their house, and um, she's like, oh, look at all these cars. Somebody's having a party. He's like, I think it's you. And we cut back to the band real quick, and <laughs> Brink Stevens is on stage fucking, like, dancing with a keytar <laughs> or some shit. And then we like cut we like cut to like Fred Olin Ray and he's like playing a piano and uh Munchie like steals his beer and like drinks it and it's clearly like a human hand in Munchie's hand. Munchie now has a fully, you know, a fully articulated human <laughs> hand. Here's the thing. I've been saving my commentary on this fucking puppet for a while, but I have to say uh, it's noticeable when this happens because otherwise it's not that mobile. Well, they make a point to do that. There's a scene coming up that we're going to talk about where they go out of their way to show this thing not move. So, um, so Andrea takes Gage outside real quick and she's like, she's like, oh yeah, I just want to say thanks for, um, inviting us. And like, I didn't think you noticed me or whatever. And like, I'm so happy I can br- bring my dad out because this is the happy he's been since mom died. Yeah. What are they setting up here? And it's like, jeepers creepers. Are they implying that Gage's mom and her dad are going to get together? Because then guess what, Gage? You and uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt are not going to get together. Oh, that's straight what up. Saying. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, yeah, they get introduced, and it's like, great, now she's going to be your stepsister? Uh, j- joke's on you guys. This is a prequel to Cruel Intentions. <laughs> that's going to be a weird masturbatory <laughs> session. I, I, I accidentally walked in on you in the shower. <laughs> Just imagine this character screaming, I want to fuck! And Ryan Phillips. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There is some weird shit happening at the Dobson household. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, so Crookshank fucking runs over, and he's like, God, oh, this goddamn gate. Ah, uh, my favorite character returns, and he walks up, and he says my favorite line of the movie. He says, I see you're having a hoo-ha. May I attend? <laughs> he basically tells Gage, he's like, he's like, I got the grant from the, from the university, so I'm going to... Oh, man, I'm fucking slipping. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go to Sweden and make some vatches and chocolates. <laughs> then I'm going to Sweden to make the ring ding darken Well, he asks, he's like, yeah, is your, uh, is your little friend around here? I have a million questions for him. He's like, yeah, he's around. He's in there somewhere. He's pissing on somebody in there, drinking beers. Oh, yeah. Yellow showers all night for this guy. Oh, yeah. So they go in, and they they start dancing, him and Jennifer Love Hewitt, and everyone's kind of, like, dancing around them, but it it focuses on them specifically. They're having a good time. Artie Johnson's fucking jamming with these two chicks on either side of him, and he's, like, clapping at a a beat. It's fucking funny. So Mom walks in, and uh, party's over. Yeah, everybody the fuck out. And then it just kind of, like, dissolves into an empty house, except for, you know, Crookshank. He's, like, looking at a bottle of champagne. Yeah, Crookshank's there. Uh, Adrian, what was it, Adrian? Andrea. Andrea's there. Her dad is there. Uh, Elliot's there. And Gage. And Munchie's floating around, hiding in the fucking bushes or something. He's fucking passed out behind a couch. Oh, right, okay, well, here's (laughs) that scene. He blacked out, dude. Because Elliot finds him. And they go out of their way to not show them pick up this puppet and put it in a black bag. I, They they cut, and then he just pulls up the black bag, and then Dom DeLuise is talking out of it. He just, like, dives out of, out of frame yeah, and picks up this trash bag that has, like, not nearly enough girth for what Munchie looks <laughs> yeah, like. Right. So yeah, it's very distracting. He's like, what in the hell is that? And he's like, that's my friend Munchie. Leave him alone. I have to assume just the way that this puppet was constructed 
that is why it was not mobile, and to pick it up probably would have ruined the illusion. I don't think there the there was a enough budget, right? Because sure, all the special effects guys are very talented, but they're you know it's a limit. Everybody's got limits. That's all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when the budget runs out. Just, just an interesting detail. Yeah, so Elliot fucking grabs Munchie and he's trying to escape, and then, like, J-Love fucking shoots him with uh, beer and it, like, sprays in his face and shit. Keep in mind, he is trying to escape because this is an unfound creature to everyone there except for, like, three people, and he wants to take it to the lab and start experimenting on it like the aforementioned E.T. Mom has no idea what it is, and she's like, you just give whatever's in that bag back to Gage. And Crookshank's like, look, it's an intelligent creature, you can't just go cut it open. And you just hear from the bag, Gage, <laughs> start The fucking starts glowing, its little finger pops out. Jennifer Love Hewitt shoots Elliot in the face with a beer, and like all of a sudden he's holding his face, and his face is white, and he's laughing. <laughs> he's going to dissect a frog, but he's all drunk. And then he fucking sprays her with the acid-filled flower in his chest. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm melting! <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, so Crookshank and Gage go after um, Elliot, or, or they, they grab Munchie after... He, Elliot gets sprayed with beer, and they, like, hop in Crookshank's van, and they, or uh, Jeep, and they take off. Yeah. And, and instead of lowering the garage door, he uh, dramatically crashes through it, so gotta replace that now after this madness is over. Well, he doesn't give a fuck. He's not gonna be, uh, he's not gonna be there much longer. Also, what's, what's the hurry? Batman's gonna stop him anyway. It's true. So, then we have our big chase scene, if you even want to call it that. Right. I, sure. So, so Elliot's chasing them, and then J-Love and her dad and Lonnie get in the fucking car, and they go after him. And uh, Crookshank is like, oh, how if he hits us all like that again, we're going to get knocked off the road. Oh, yeah, because he's, like, literally bumping into the bumper. Yeah, like, they're hitting their, uh, Elliot's, like, hitting them in the car, and he's like, give me the, give me the wheel, I invented the automobile, I got this. <laughs> Mind you, he's just sitting on this old man's lap. Also, I'm uh, not sure what inventing the automobile has to do with his next move. So they're so they're driving right, and um, they're like running over shit and running into shit, and uh, they hit this fucking ATM, and like all this fucking money goes all over the place. <laughs> and guess who? Guess who? Guess who? Fucking crawls out of the bushes to collect it. Gramps. George Flower. Is that who that was? Why yeah. does that name sound so familiar? He's the fucking... Sh- he's one of the cops in fucking Tammy and the T-Rex. He's the fucking janitor oh. in Sorority Babes. He's in fucking... Uh, right. He's in Pumpkinhead. He plays the, the, the old farmer guy. Oh, shit. Uh, they live... Yeah, you guys know who he is. He's the guy who talks like this. Anyway, he's the bum. And he's the guy in Wishmaster who tells... Who's, <laughs> who gives Reggie Bannister cancer. Oh, my God. So right after he gives Reggie Bannister cancer in, in Wishmaster, he walks down the street and climbs through some bushes and then fucking strikes it rich after fucking Dr. Carlisle hits a goddamn ATM. Someone made it rain. Las Vegas, here I come. Thanks, Jin. You really made my day. <laughs> Can't tell which one did this, Munchie or the Jin. <laughs> Andrew DeVolf is just like, I gotta go hook up with that Munchie guy. What's your ironic wishes? <laughs> Make your wishes. They're basically the same kind of entity, right? Yeah, I think so. They are, except, like, the, the, the fucking Jin is, like, enjoying his own shtick way too fucking much in that movie. Munchie just wants to have fun, dude. Then Gage is like, oh, man, uh, that didn't stop him. Now what are we going to do? And, and Crookshank's like, uh, yeah, if only we could fly. And <laughs> Munchie's like, ah, oh, great idea. Munchie's like, you ever see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Here we go. Did you ever see a Unlucky Leprechaun? Except, like, this part <laughs> actually happens in this movie. It's not a dream sequence. Uh, the compositing is way better in this film. 
Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Like not head even, and shoulders. Night and day. So they fly off like like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and uh, Elliot basically watches them you know, lift off in, in shock and crashes into this fucking donut shop where Dude. these cops are conveniently having their lunch break. It, it is like a full-out fucking going through giant plate glass windows into the into the counter kind of crash into this donut shop and these fucking cops get up all nonchalant and shit. They're, they're like, well, 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 where's the fire? Yeah. <laughs> and this is where he has his, like, mental breakdown, but not actually because he's really just telling them what happened to him. Yeah, but he's doing it but in he a sounds way... nuts. Oh, yeah. And he's like, and now he's covered in beer, right? So they're like, this guy smells like a fucking brewery. He's like, what's wrong with you? He's like, some little girl sprayed me with a kegger. <laughs> he's like, get off me. I have my identification. I'm Dr. Elliot Carlisle, who's the fucking head of research at some whatever university. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. I forgot my wallet. Again. <laughs> and then the cop's like, yeah, and I'm a NASA scientist, and he's a rocket scientist, or whatever the fuck they say. No, he goes, he goes I'm Captain Kirk, and this is Mr. Spock. I think it's time we beam him up. So they take uh, they take away Elliot in the fucking car, in the uh, cop car. Right out of the movie. As he screams at uh, Munchie, who he can now see in the Jeep that's landed and is driving past the cops. And in fact, they even pull over... And Crankshaw's like, hell yeah, any problems, officer? He's like, yeah, some loony guy saw a flying jeep or something. Ain't that crazy? Don't let any of the jelly donuts get on your front of your uniforms. Good night. <laughs> you made a slide against my profession based on stereotypes. You couldn't go. <laughs> they, like, they, like, make a point to fucking, like, to have all the characters drive by and just confirm to the cops that Carlisle's a fucking maniac. <laughs> oh, yeah, he screams at Munchie, who's, like, taunting him from behind, and he essentially, like, places all of his uh, hatred and vengeance off of Gage and onto Munchie. Yeah, Lonnie fucking drives by, and she's, like, she's like the cops are, like, oh, oh uh, Elliot's, like, oh, that, that, I know her, Kathy, it's me, help me, and she's, like, like, officers, i never seen this man in my entire life. And he's like, wait a minute. Karma. So, yeah, so Elliot sees Munchie on the back of the Jeep. And, like, I thought this was so funny because, like, it looks like whoever was ever puppeteering was, like, going to give the finger. But he ends up just, like, pointing his index <laughs> finger up. And they're like, no, 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 you can't put that in the movie. Right, right. But you get the idea. But you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um... So the, then they basically so Crookshank was going on a going on a trip anyway to go to some civilization to go to like do research like uh, some ruins or whatever. So like oh let's drive to the airport and right his grant right because he got his grant so he's like oh let's drive to the airport and we'll we'll hide out till morning and then you and Munchie can fly to fucking Mexico or wherever they're going and they they walk by uh, Santa Claus in the skies Goldberg's there. <laughs> He's wearing his fucking West Coast choppers getup. Right, exactly. That's why you don't recognize him. No, not at all. And uh, Munchie, again, just walking around this airport as if he's a normal uh, person. Again, we talked about this in A Gnome Named Norm, how Norm just walks around nonchalantly. Well, it's also the thing, too. Like, Crookshank has him in the box, and he's, like, saying goodbye to everybody, specifically Gage. And he's like, I'm going to miss you, pal. I'll see you again one day. Right. He's, like, standing out of it before he locks him in there. So they, so he's like, he's like, all right, get back in the box so I don't knock you. And then the whole time he's walking on the plane, you just hear him like kind of off screen, like, oh yeah, shut up. He's, like, he's just <laughs> he's gonna like, drive me crazy. I love it because Crookshank's like, look, Munchie, be quiet. There's people around, and no more Aztec fishing songs. Be nice. 
We get one last gag of the movie. The last gag in the movie. All of a sudden, all of the pilots from the plane rush up to like the baggage area and are like, oh, wait, no, uh, someone someone commandeered the plane. He's like, the plane's taking off without us. And he's, she's like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm the captain and this is my crew. And she's like, but who's flying the plane? A what? <laughs> For half a second, I thought Elliot escaped and came and fucking hijacked the plane because he just wanted to take out Munchie that bad. Really? Oh, man. For half a second. Oh, my God, dude. No, it's it's Munchie and Chris Shank fucking driving the plane all nonchalantly, waving at Gage. Just just waving, and then Gage waves back like six times. Fucking Munchie's in his little pilot uniform. Crookshank's out the fucking wheel. And they're just going, they're flying to fucking wherever. Yeah, flying the plane, doing fucking barrel rolls with a cruise liner. I'm sure that's safe. <laughs> Uh, side note, at the end of this, at the end of Munchie Strikes Back, Shelby Carlisle gets arrested, and then Munchie seemingly spends two or three weeks tormenting him in his jail cell so that he's finally moved to a mental institution, and then he comes back to his kid, and he's like, hey, how you doing? Uh, I just wanted to tell you that I drove that fucker crazy, and now I'm going back to the astral plane. Well, I fixed your shit or whatever, bye. He's evil. He really must be, or at least, or at least true neutral. I think so. Yeah, I think you're correct. And then we, uh, then we cut to credits. So, uh, so where are we putting this? <clears throat> Dumpster. Oh, um, I ha- what a surprise! <laughs> broke my fucking streak there because, uh, yeah. Uh, one, if I don't have any built-in nostalgia for this kind of movie, I'm, it's probably not going to endure to me too hard. Totally um, get it. Two, Munchie is fucking grating. And there's way too fucking much of them. Um, I don't like Gage. I don't like Munchie. And there's two things I have to spend the most time with. Uh, the Munchie puppet is fucking horrifying. Um, and when you close up on him, his eyes are going up, down, left, right. His hands are twitching like he's having some kind of episode. Um, and he he looks more like something you'd find in like a derelict Chuck E. Cheese. Um, at some point in the movie, he leans his head back and his head actually separates from his body. You can see some mechanics going on in there. <laughs> Oh no! Through um, the shirt, yeah, yeah. Um, n- not my kind of movie. Um, I I only had fun with a few things in this movie. Um, but I'm hard to impress when it comes to these things. So my initial reaction after the first viewing was like, put this in a separate dumpster, shoot it into the fucking sun, and never talk about it again. Uh, but then I had a cup of coffee and calmed down a little bit. Uh, so yeah, just dumpster. But uh, I don't like this movie. It's not for me. Um, shelf straight up. Uh, this is uh, this is I guess to Connor's point, this is a movie with lots of built-in nostalgia for me. Um, I used to rent this all the time from um the mom and pop shop that I grew up with, uh, Video Time, a lot. Um, this is one of those movies that was recommended by the guy by by Bob, the titular Bob, uh, from Video Time, Bob's Video Time. And he would always have some some movies put aside for me, like when we'd come in, and like when I was young. So I went there from when I was like little, little, little to like a teenager, um, and then I went back as as an adult. But um, this was one of those films that he would put aside for me and my sister, and uh, we rented this countless times. Um, so it's a really a comfy movie for me. It's, you know, there's good memories of going to the video store and, and good memories, memories of hanging out with my sister and, and, and watching this. Um, 
it's the first film that I saw with Jennifer Love Hewitt in it, and it's coincidentally her first film, and that's when I immediately fell in love with her. And I just think it's a fun movie. Like, I think it's a great uh, kids movie. It it never gets so raunchy where it's like, okay, well, this obviously wasn't meant for kids, but that sequel is rough. Um, I think it's a ton of fun. I think Dom DeLuise is funny as hell, and if he wasn't in it... Uh, it wouldn't be as good as the voice of Munchie because he's sorely missed in this in the second film. Um, I could relate to Gage a lot, so I guess that always hit home for me. Um, I think the gags are funny. Crookshank is fucking great. Um, again, like I I, I want to be that guy when I get older. Um, but I think it's a really well made kids movie, and probably. Uh, aside from like Chopping Mall and like Return to Swamp Thing, this is probably Wynorski's best film. I mean, it's it's well made for what I mean, especially for what it is. Um, it's well written, I guess, for what it is too. I mean, the jokes land. Um, there's there's enough drama there for me, uh, like family drama and stuff. Um, I don't know. It's a fun time. Uh, shelf. Yeah, this is a dumpster movie. <laughs> Um, I knew it was going to be from both of you guys. Yeah, you know, I was kind of waiting to see where the chips fell after talking about it to see if uh, my opinion changed at all, because that does happen once in a while, but uh, not in this particular case. Um, listen, there are a few scenes that when I say I was roaring, that is not an exaggeration. Like, that whole pizza scene is, is fucking hilarious. Like, take that <laughs> out of the film and make it its own thing, please. Like... I get what well, you know. I say that, and then I think about how that just would not be sustainable for more than the five oh, sure. minutes that it's featured in on film here. But you get my point. Um, there's a few other gags like that, like the gag where he sees the principal as an executioner and as the devil was pretty hilarious. And uh, Dom DeLuise is is funny as Munchie, but uh, kind of beyond that, I wasn't really feeling this. I, you know, I'm not going to go so far as to launch it into the sun like Connor on his first viewing. But, uh, you know, uh, I put Razorback in the dumpster, and this is definitely worse than Razorback. So it, I guess that kind of uh, the math lines up. So it's probably like middle tier dumpster. Um, I, I would probably just look up the pizza scene again and uh, maybe a couple others just to get my fix so uh, you know you take this movie and you know I use a little bit of the technology that I uh, borrowed from GVD to uh, supplement my Baldwin statue and I take some of that tech and I turn this uh, VHS into a literal pizza but uh, sadly because it is a dumpster film it's kind of like that that anor- that amorphous pizza soul thing that Freddy Krueger had in, I think that was part four or five. And, uh, you know, as the the souls that are the pepperonis in this case are screaming, this pizza just slowly slides down the uh, dumpster's interior and uh, lands in about the middle area. And, you know, the rest of it's for the rats. Um, yeah, definitely in the dumpster, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> um... I have an affinity for creature, little creature movies. You don't say. Yeah, and it's just, I I think that's a bias that I just have, you know what I mean? I I just love them so much. I mean, sign me up for any of the fucking gremlins, quote-unquote gremlins rip-offs, or just weird creature, little creature movies in general. Um, So I I, I don't think I... I... If I knew you liked that genre, like if I knew someone like Joe who's in that position of like, if it's got 
puppets or little creatures like I want to see it like then yeah I would recommend it in that context but just me personally not so much oh yeah hey I mean you won me over with demonic toys so like I can be swayed but right well that's a little different because that's for adults right yeah but at some points of this movie I was like are you trying to gear this joke towards someone who's a little older or someone's a little younger I don't think you even know again like the first movie like munchies like I you can keep it i don't need it like that is something i might you you should probably maybe see once if you really want to um because it is the definitive gremlins ripoff but i i mean compared to this movie it's really not good and the sequel to this munchie strikes back is just a fucking sight to behold um it's a weird flick like if you already went this this far if you guys can track that down and see it just fucking watch it because it's yeah colonel sanders and abe lincoln (laughs) It's it's strange. Maybe we'll come back and revisit the second one <laughs> and do a double take on this, the, a double dose of Munchie. Um, I mean, th- like, the way you're talking about those two movies and this one, like, this one feels like it falls right in the middle of somewhere. And the first movie is like, yeah. I've already seen Gremlins, I don't need to. And the third movie is like, I've already played Conker's Bad Fur Day, I don't need that shit. Like... <laughs> pretty much i mean basically it's the last one the the munchie strikes back is this movie with like everything turned up to 11 in the worst way possible yeah but does it have a singing pile of shit no it does not that it's not as good as conquer's bad for a day unfortunately it's absent of the great great mighty poo (laughs) (laughs) i would argue it's aged as well as conquer So we got one more flick coming up in the in the barbecue month. Yes. Um, and you're gonna want to tune into uh, Instagram and Facebook or Twitter wherever you get your uh, your stuff. Probably Instagram would be the best place to go check it out. Um, Gramps is gonna be back soon, telling you what's coming up, what's cooking. We got a special guest on the finale of the barbecue. Uh, Jenna Fryer is gonna be joining us for Body Melt. Yes. Interested to see this movie. I've heard many things about it. Have never watched it. Uh, you know, I saw the cover, you know, Gramps, Gramps told us about that too, or, or, you know, this, this is clearly Sean from the future told us about this. We'll be telling us about this. <laughs> he sure did. Gramps is going to be dropping all those knowledge bombs for, for everybody. Yeah. Um, we opened this barbecue month with an Ozploitation film and we're going to be closing it out with an Ozploitation film as well. So there you go. Yep. Um, and also if you have not entered the barbecue giveaway, um, via one of the social medias or by shooting us an email moviedumpsterpodcast at gmail.com uh, do that get your get your names in because we're going to be pulling this week and we're going to be pulling next uh, the following week and then that's it so we got two more winners to pull so make sure you get your name in yep and uh, before we leave I uh, just wanted to thank everyone for listening like I do every episode but especially our patrons Hunter Davenport Brendan Lemune the Autistic Gamer 89, Beyond Hope 777, Christopher, Jacob Chavez, Leonardo Roberto Talavero Barocio, Gorlami, <laughs> making up for last episode, Amanda Tweed, Joe Has a Mustache, Dustin Elkin, and Nick Lowry. Thank you so much for being our patrons. Yep, and uh, if you want to become a patron, head over to that Patreon. We got a $2, $5, $10 tier. Uh, Two dollars would be great. Become a dumpster dweller. Get some uh, get some BTS of uh, what's going on in the dumpster. And uh, for no money at all, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yep, we'll always uh, repost any reviews we get too because we always appreciate that. You know, people taking the effort to sit down and and write one is always uh, 
pretty awesome. Absolutely. And our uh, our inboxes are always open for uh, any stories you have or just want to conversate. We're uh, more than happy to, to talk to you guys. We love that. Yep. Movie Dumpster podcast at gmail.com and at movie dumpster at facebook instagram and twitter so that's it that's munchie from 1992 directed by jim winorski hey everybody if you want some more bad movie goodness you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show because it helps get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums yeah and if you're on the social medias you can follow us at movie dumpster on instagram facebook and twitter I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. Hey, come in here. You ever hear a knocking? Sorry. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I'm nervous. I'm gonna. I feel a draft.